We interrupt regular programming for the following presentation of high school sports. Now, it's time for the Cromwell Radio Football Friday's pregame show. Good evening and welcome to week two of the high school football season. Some teams are looking to build on the momentum that they got last week, while other teams are looking for their first win of the season. My name is Eric Fry, and I'll be joined by Elaine Blickham, Travis Sparks, and Todd Stapleton as we bring you the Cromwell Media Group pregame show for week number two. Now, let's not waste any time and get things started with Elaine Blickham and a look to the north. All right. Thank you very much, guys. We'll start with the Mattoon Green Wave. They had a very tough opponent to start things out. They traveled down to Troy to take on the Triad Knights. Mattoon came up short. 56-20 was the final. They got off to a good start, scoring early in the game, but it was mostly Triad after that. On the broadcast, post-game, Greg Powers talked with Jared Kimbrough, head coach of the Green Wave, about how they did some things well, but just need to find that consistency. For all the things that we don't think we did well, there's going to be some things in there that we did do well. You know, we, we Slater threw the ball well when he had time. You know, we ran the ball well at times. Uh, defensively, we tackled and did good things at times. We just got to put some consistency together, and that's what I told the paper yesterday. You know, we've just got to be more consistent. We can't have, you know, one series where we go three and out, and then the next series, you know, throw an interception or fumble the ball. And then defensively, we can't we can't put ourselves in, in a bad spot as much as what we're doing, but. You know, we'll, reg- we'll regroup and, and move on, and there's always next week for now. Mattoon opens the home schedule tonight against the Only Tigers, an opponent they haven't seen for quite some time. Coach Kimbrough talked about adding Only to the schedule. You know, we're looking for a competitive game where, you know, we can go out and really, really hopefully do some things well. And that was a good matchup for us, and they agreed from their end, too. So we got them for two years, and, you know, this, these are always tough. You know, losing is tough, and it's no fun. But we're going to move on, and that's all you can do. You know, you can't you can't look in the rearview mirror. you got to adapt to what you've done and, and try to get better next week. Both Matt Toon and Alney will look for their first wins of the season. The Tigers lost last week to Taylorville 41-6. to The Charleston Trojans, meanwhile, were most impressive in their opening week win, 42-13 over Hersher. They took a big lead into halftime on the strength of this play. Fake screen, now he throws downfield. This is Langdon King, and he is gone. A touchdown for Langdon King from 48 yards out in Charleston leads 27 to nothing. There's her QB receiver connection there. Two scores from Bonstetter to King, the junior to the senior in Charleston with their fourth touchdown of the first half. Big play, Charleston Trojans. The Trojans went on for a 42-13 win, avenging a week one loss last season to those same Hersher Tigers. This week, Charleston heads to Paris to take on another Tigers squad. You can hear Charleston on Victory 103.9, streaming at MyRadioLink.com and the free MyRadioLink mobile app. The Tri-County Titans are on the road tonight at Saragordo Biment. Each team 0-1 coming in. Tri-County had their game suspended last week from Friday into Saturday, as did all of the Lincoln Prairie Conference. Tri-County trailed 12-0 when the game was halted at 142 to go in the third quarter. The next night, they came back and scored early in their possession and scored a two-point conversion to get within 12-8, to but they simply ran out of time as Sangamon Valley beat Tri-County 12-8 in the Week 1 matchup a week ago in Oakland. So Tri-County tries for better luck tonight. Saragordo Biment lost their opening game 
last week to the Cumberland Pirates. You can hear Tri-County and Sarah Gordo be met on Classic Rock 92 on the Axe, online at MyRadioLink.com, and the free MyRadioLink mobile app. Some other games up in this direction. The Central Illinois team's in action tonight. Tuscola takes on Carlisle. Central A&M hosts Marshall. Clinton is at home for Tri-Valley. Shelbyville hosts Eureka. Leroy is at Meridian tonight. And the Tremont Turks will host the Warrensburg-Latham Cardinals. For the Cromwell Sports Media pregame show, I'm Lane Blickham. Thanks, Lane. Now let's take a look at the Cumberland Pirates. Cumberland got their season started off with a big win against Sarah Gordo last week. Cumberland had 429 yards of rushing last week on their way to a 44 to nothing win. Blake McMeekin had 170 yards on the ground and five touchdowns, while Grant Kaiser also added 144 yards on the ground and a touchdown as well. The Pirate defense was just as strong as they also forced two turnovers and held Sarah Gordo to just 77 yards of total offense. The Pirates will now set their sails this Friday to Sagamon Valley. The Storm are coming off a 12-8 win against Tri-County last week in a game that started on Friday and ended on Saturday afternoon due to the weather. No threat of weather this week as Cumberland has had recent success against the Storm as they have won six straight, including last year, where the Pirates defeated Sagamon Valley 41-6 in Week 3. Can the Pirates set sail on the seas of victory and weather the storm tonight? Or will the storm force the Pirates to abandon ship? Find out tonight on WCRA. Now, let's take a look at the FEM Hearts, and for that, we go to Travis Sparks. Thank you very much. Travis Sparks here with a look at the FEM Hearts. And FEM comes away with a season-opening victory over the Robinson Maroons last week. And fortunately, both teams got the game in just in the nick of time before those storms and lightning got going. I know some teams into the area weren't as fortunate. Robinson came out with the ball first. They got their opening drive, looked to stall out after picking up a quick first down. But the Maroons lined up to punt, only for the punter to fake it and run 30 or 40 yards down the sideline. Coach Hefner called the timeout to settle the guys down and refocus and whatever he said in the huddle worked because later the Hearts D would cause an interception by Wade Busher. And the Hearts had a lengthy drive of their own on their first possession as well. They actually bled into the second quarter. Robinson would stop him on third down. And McCullough Stefton would come out and kick a 35-yard field goal. FEM's first points of the season. The Hearts offense was efficient yet again, and the defense, like we thought, was a strong point and held Robin scoreless in the first half with FEM leading 17 to nothing going into the locker room. Robinson would show some life in the third as Reese Johnson hit Judd Pinkston on a short little screen pass, and Pinkston did the rest. 82-yard touchdown to make it 17-7 to at that point, and then on the very next possession, FEM would fumble the exchange and Robinson will recover, knocking on the door of the red zone already. But FEM's defense dug in and forced a turnover on downs. FEM would get on the board twice more in the second half. Gage Gillum connected on a short two-yard pass to Colton Webb. And Dunstan would get his second touchdown on the night to make it a final 31-7. Gage Gillum looked very impressive in a start number one of his high school varsity career. We saw the running ability that Coach Hefner and everyone talked about and had a couple of nice passes as well. One deep ball to Andrew Lotz and Gillum would finish with one touchdown pass through the air and one on the ground as well. 
This week, though, FEM comes home for the first time of this season to Klosterman Field at Washington Savings Bank Stadium. It is senior night tonight, and Mount Carmel is the team that is awaiting them in their home opener. The Aces, they're coming off a week one loss to Gibson Southern out of Indiana, 21-14. to Mount Carmel actually started out the game great on their first two possessions. They scored, but then didn't find the end zone the rest of the game. And their late comeback attempt would fall short after an interception. One player you will be hearing a lot about tonight is their quarterback, Blaine Sisson, who has committed to a Southern Illinois Carbondale to play football. He's a force throwing the ball. He can rush it, so you got to be careful of him taking off and running. And he also plays cornerback on defense as well. Don't sleep on him as well. He could have a pick six or two. And even showed off his catching ability last week. He caught a pass. Entering the season, he had 78 total touchdowns in his career, entering his senior season this year. And on the hardwood, he can also dunk a basketball. Point is, he's just a freak athlete. So he is one person that FEM is going to have to keep in check if they're going to want to win tonight. The Aces are a very senior-laden group, but FEM does have the size advantage being a 4A school. Mount Carmel only being a 3A school, but, hey, they have Sisson back there, quarterback, so they have a real shot here. And FEM can come out and make a statement by picking up a win in as many weeks and go 2-0. and And a kickoff back to normal here in just a little bit. So I will throw it back to you, Eric. Thanks very much, Travis. Looking forward to that game in Effingham tonight. Now let's look at the South Central Conference. And for that, we go to Todd Stapleton. And good evening and welcome as we get ready for week number two in the high school football season and in the South Central Conference. But it was definitely a mess of a week in week one. The weather causing all kinds of problems. Some teams delayed their games until Saturday. The Vandals were one of the teams that played on Friday night. It was an 8 o'clock start at Pena in week one on Friday night for the Vandals. At 8.36, there was a lightning delay that lasted an hour and 16 minutes. So the game did not end until 11.54 p.m almost midnight, almost got into Saturday morning with the game. It was not a great one for the Vandals. They fell behind and trailed at one point in the second half, 33-13. Vandals made a strong comeback, got a touchdown, then an onside kick, and were able to get a touchdown to cut it down to a 39-34 deficit. Andrew Kelly from the pistol takes a snap, drops back, looking, he's going deep, he's got a man, it's playing at Christian. On the next drive for Pena, they were facing a third and eight from their own 34, but they converted and converted big time and then ended up getting one more touchdown, and they beat the Vandals 46-34 to in week number one of the season. It is the third time that the Vandals and Pena have met in week one, and so far the home team has taken all of the games. Pena with a 2-1 advantage in that situation so far. This week, a little bit better week when it comes to practice for sure, and the game time should be the same as as well down to the seven o'clock and get the game in normally vandals coach jason clay said there were several things that they worked on this week to get ready for week number two trying to be a little more sound in, in coverages obviously we had some mistakes and um you know it's, it's hard when people are running play action and um and they're, they're running the football um fairly well at times and so you know kids are trying to make plays and we've got to get back to following some of our some of our basic rules and so we've kind of roughed those things, and that's one thing that obviously people see or 
deficiencies on film they're going to attack that so you need to get them shored up and then you know offensively there were a couple different blocking things that um where we need to need to block things a little bit better and a little more correctly um you know and then also just trying to look at our our passing game and and uh you know, like I said last week, I know we talked about a little bit higher completion percentage. You know, uh, we made some big plays through the air, but um, I'd like to see us complete a little higher rate. And the Vandals' opponent in week number two will be the Staunton Bulldogs. Staunton lost to the Greenville Comets 41 to nothing on Saturday in a game that was scheduled to be at Staunton, but then got moved to the turf at Greenville, and the Comets came away with a shutout victory. Staunton coach Austin Scherfe says he is hoping for a much better week this week after a much more normal week of practice. We co op with Bunker Hill, so kind of the issue for us last was. I know some of the teams practice in the morning, but for us, uh, you know, that means I'm asking kids from Bunker Hill to get up super early and drive over. So we were actually stuck in the gym almost all week, like I'm sure some teams around us were. But I feel like uh, when we kind of got out on the field, we all about how big the football field was. And, uh, you know, we all fumbled that opening kickoff and just kind of piled it on to all the changes that happened to us last week. So I'm hoping back to consistency this week we get a, a basically a brand new team to come out this week so it'll be the vandals and the staunton bulldogs both teams at zero and one on the season game time seven o'clock at mark Greer field we'll have the broadcast for you on 1071 fm wkrv available streaming at vandaliaradio.com and on the vandalia radio app looking around the rest of the south central conference in week two the gillespie miners zero and one on the year they will be at verdon to take on the north mac panthers they're also zero and one on the season big matchup at john stout field in Greenville for tonight. Hillsboro 1-0 and and coming off a big win in week one. We'll take on the Greenville Comets also coming off a big win in week number one as they'll play tonight in Greenville. Litchfield's 0-1 on the season. They'll be at Southwestern to take on the 1-0 Pius Hall Birds tonight. Another matchup of 1-0s tonight. It'll be Pena at Carlinville. Pena 1-0. Carlinville also 1-0 on the season. So it'll be the Staunton Bulldogs at the Vandals tonight. Gillespie at North Mac. Hillsboro at Greenville. Litchfield will be at Southwestern. And Pena will be at Carlinville. That's a look at week number two in the South Central Conference. I'm Todd Stapleton. Thank you very much, Todd. Now let's look at what other games are going on around the area. In other Apollo Conference action, Muhammad will try to get their first win of the season as they host 1-0 Highland. It'll be 1-0 Mount Zion. They're going to host 1-1 Troy Triad. And 0-1 Robinson will try to get their first win as they travel to 1-0 Taylorville. In other Lincoln Prairie Conference action, 1-0 Arcola will head to 1-0 Sullivan in what should be a good game. 0-1 Nokomis will host 0-1 Argenta. And 0-1 Ville Grove will travel to 1-0 Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond. And finally, in little Illini Conference action for the week, 1-0 Casey will host 0-1 Oblong. It'll be 0-1 Marshall as they will travel to 0-1 Central A&M. Newton will try to get their first win of the season as they travel to 1-0 Paxton Buckley Loda, and finally 0-1 Red Hill will travel to 1-0 Lawrenceville. Well, that will wrap up the Cromwell Media Group pregame show for week number two. For Elaine Blickham, Travis Sparks, and Todd Stapleton, I am Eric Fry saying thanks for listening. Enjoy all the great weather tonight. Now let's head to the booth as we are just moments away from kickoff for your game tonight. Arr. 
batten down the hatches. The Cumberland Pirates be coming. Head off again to Cypher with Burner and Los Angeles. He's got a big hole. He's got one man to beat. Down the sideline. He's going to carry that man. Still carry him all the way into the end zone. Caught by Cumberland at the 15-yard line. Got a block. He's got another one. He's got a big hole. He's going to bounce to the outside. 50, 45, 40, 35, 50. Got the kick in the beat. 20, 25, 15, 10, 5, and an opening kickoff. Return for a touchdown, Cumberland Pirates. Pitch it, and it's going to be a fumble in the backfield. Deep in the backfield. It's going to be picked up by Cumberland in for a touchdown. He's going to step on the defender. He's going to dive through. It's now time for Cumberland Pirates football on 99.5 and 107.7 WCRA. Football as the Cumberland Pirates head to the road. That's their sales for victory here tonight as they take on the Sagamon Valley Storm Will it be a stormy weather journey for the Pirates tonight, or will it be smooth sailing for Cumberland? We'll have to wait and see. If you don't know, Nyika is up here by Decatur. It's about two hours away from Cumberland, so a nice lengthy road trip for the Pirates. Probably their longest road trip of the season that the Pirates get for week two. Cumberland, of course, coming off that dominating win against Sarah Gordo, and they got the win 44 to nothing, and it was from the word go. Pirates in control in that game last week as Cumberland got out to the start with Blake McMeekin scoring on the very first play from offense and the defense forcing a fumble on Sarah Gordo's first play with the ball and the defense stepped up and held Sagamon Valley to 70, 79 yards of total offense while the Pirates put up 428 total yards of offense. 429 of those came on the ground. Cumberland had one pass attempt all game long. Didn't need it. Running was right there. So we'll see if the Pirates can continue their winning ways here tonight. We're going to see if the ground game is what it's going to be to get Cumberland the win. Of course, you're going to look for Clayton McMeekin. Also, look for Grant Kaiser as well. Those two running backs last week, it was McMeekin. 170 yards on the ground and five touchdowns. Kaiser had 140 and a touchdown. That's the two-headed monster for the Cumberland Pirates offensively. And defensively, you like to see the pressure that the Pirates put on last week in Saragoro and try and keep that going here tonight against a Stegamon Valley team that enters at 1-0 and for tonight's contest. They got the win over Tri-County last week. It took two days to do it, but it was Stegamon Valley getting the win 12-8 to over Tri-County. So a low-scoring affair. We'll see if the Storm's defense can stop this Pirate attack or uh, the offense. You know, low-scoring affair there, 12-8. to 8. Don't know if it was because of the weather, because of the heat, and, and just the first week of the season. But this is a Cumberland offense that came out with a lot of power last week and a lot of uh, intensity and energy in the way they played. And we'll have to see if that is something that they can continue here as we get set. Of course, you are listening to the first Neighbor Bank of Toledo pregame show here on WCRA as we are just a few moments away from kickoff here tonight between Cumberland and Sangamon Valley. And Cumberland has won six straight against the Storm. The last time the Storm were able to beat the Pirates, it was back when both these teams were in the Little Okaw Conference, but different divisions. As Cumberland was in the Southeast Division and Sangamon Valley was in the Northwest. It was actually Coach Watkins' first year as Cumberland Pirates head football coach. They finished 5-4 and four that year, did the Pirates, but missed out on the playoffs due to points. So we'll have to see if that is 
something the Pirates can get back to tonight is the postseason, see if they can get a win against Sagamon Valley. We are going to step aside for tonight's National Anthem, and of course, that National Anthem is brought to you by Cuts Insurance. We'll be back with more Carmel Pirate pregame show here on WCRA. Share the road during harvest season. Cuts Insurance and Grinnell Mutual want your help protecting our hardworking farmers. While they're hard at work, let's keep their safety in mind while traveling our roadways. Slowing down and paying attention helps keep everyone safe. Together, we can trust in tomorrow. Contact Dave Cuts, your local Grinnell Mutual agent at Cuts Insurance today for all your insurance needs. Trust in tomorrow is a registered trademark of Grinnell Mutual Reinsurance Company. This is Cumberland High School football on 99.5 and 107.7 WCRA. Here to Sangamon Valley High School in Nyaka as we get set for the opening kickoff here momentarily as Sangamon Valley Storm make their way out onto the field. Cumberland going to be making their way onto the field here momentarily as well. Like I said, this is a matchup between two teams that enter tonight at 1-0 on the season. Both teams won week one. And the Pirates will see if they can continue their winning ways up here in Sagamon Valley. Like I said, it's been six years since Sagamon Valley was able to get a win over the Cumberland Pirates. And again, if Sagamon Valley wants to get that win, the Pirates will, uh, they will have to stop the Cumberland Pirate rushing attack of McMeekin and Kaiser. For Cumberland, the main players on offense that you're going to be looking out for for Sagamon Valley is Hill, the quarterback. He'll be the one under center. That's Jagger Hill, the uh, junior, as well as a couple of running backs. And Jason Coleman, the senior, also it will be Cameron Luna, the junior running back, as well as Wyatt Laffey, the junior running back. And finally, Aiden Lynch, the junior running back, to be on the lookout for as well. During pregame warm-ups, I saw Sacramento Valley throwing the ball around a little bit. So if they do go to the air, it'll be Callan Kramer, the senior wide receiver, as well as Grant Moran, who is a junior wide receiver, Griffin Giles, the junior wide receiver 
as well as Caden DeVasher, the sophomore, who I saw getting a lot of the action in a pregame warm-up. So we'll have to see what kind of offense we see out of this uh, Sacramento Valley team. Now, I know uh, Coach Watkins was talking to me in the middle of the week and postgame last week that this is going to be a similar offense to what we saw Sarah Gordo run, kind of that wing T formation, uh, a lot of running attempts. You would have to think coming out of that formation, not a lot of passing, possible play action, stuff like that, but uh, mainly that wing T uh, with the double wings is more so known as, as a rushing attack with the three running backs behind the uh, quarterback who can run it. So uh, that's definitely going to be what I'm going to be on the lookout for here tonight. Is the, Can the Cumberland defense hold as strong as it is against Sarah Gordo and try and get the win here tonight? And can the offense continue their winning ways based off of last week? We will have to find out here momentarily as we are awaiting both teams to make their way out on to the field. The cheerleaders are all set up. Second Mountain Valley still in their huddle out by the end zone. The Pirates are actually in a huddle out behind the visitors' grandstands over by some trees in the shade. It's a beautiful night here in Sagamon Valley. If you've never been here to the Sagamon Valley uh, football field, it's beautiful. you got cornfields right in the backdrop, um, which I always love. I always love the, the cornfield and the bean field look, but then you also have cars parked right up to the end zone on what would be my right side of the field. So, uh it's just down home. You got people park their cars right up to that uh, end of the end zone, sitting there tailgating, sitting there, you know, just sitting on the back of a tailgate. It's beautiful. It's high school football at its best here in the state of Illinois. The atmosphere could not be better for this Lincoln Prairie Conference matchup. No get this year. Lincoln Prairie now a closed conference, so every Cumberland Pirate football game will be a conference matchup. So uh, we will have to see if Cumberland can weather the storm here tonight or if the Pirates will have smooth sailing on their way back to Cumberland after this victory. Well, we are going to take another 30-second timeout when we come back. We'll have the opening kickoff. You're listening to Cumberland Pirate Football on WCRA. The Toledo Democrat has been keeping folks up to date on all the events in and around Cumberland County since 1857. Wes and Billy Chambers promised to keep that tradition alive at the Toledo Democrat. They're thankful for the opportunity to serve Cumberland County and their work hard to bring you up to date on the news and events in the area. The Toledo Democrat, your county newspaper says, let's go, Pirates. Cumberland football is here in Sangamon Valley as the storm make their way onto the field led by their head coach, Carl Spaff. Again, we'll have to see about what kind of offense we see out of this Sangamon Valley storm team. As we are closing in on the opening kickoff, Cumberland will be in their all-white uniform. All-white for the Pirates. Blue numbers with the white trim. Sagamon Valley will be in kind of a navy blue uniform with white numbers, light blue trims, lightning bolts on the helmets. The uh, helmets are white with a blue, navy blue streak down the middle. Pants will be blue with a blue and white double stripe down both sides. Also stripes on the shoulders as light blue and white for the storm as well. That is a look at your uniforms tonight. want to thank our sponsors real quick before we get underway. That's Scott's Building Center, Evapco Midwest, First Neighbor Bank Toledo, because you are listening to the First Neighbor Bank of Toledo pregame show. Country Financial, Curtis Walker, Lauren Holstaff, Clap, Cuts Insurance, proud supporter of the National Anthem, Gentry Small Engine Repair, Coffee and Creams, Neil Tire Toledo, and the Toledo Democrat. 
Pirates will be receiving the opening kickoff. They'll be traveling left to right on your radio dial. Glad you're with us here on a Friday night. No, we are not starting an hour later. No, there is no heat, no weather, not a cloud in the sky, in fact, up here in Nyaka for tonight's opening kickoff between the Cumberland Pirates and the Sagamon Valley Storm. Sagamon Valley gets the ball teed up. Just about ready to begin here. That'll be Hunter Martin to kick it, the sophomore for the Storm. McNeek him back deep to return for Cumberland. Cumberland with five men standing at about the 50, and then three at the 30, or two at the 35, one at the 30, two at the 20, and then McNeekham will be back at the five. He awaits the opening kickoff as it is coming up from Martin. Not much wind here tonight in Sagamon Valley. Shouldn't be a factor. There's a kick. It's a low hanger, and it will bounce in front of McNeekham. He'll pick it up at about the 16-yard line. Going to look for some blocks. Gets one, goes to the outside, breaks one tackle, still on his feet, down to the 30, down to the 35, lowers his shoulders, and he's going to be brought down on the 37-yard line. That's where the Pirates will take over. As Cumberland will take over after the nice return there from McMeekin. And it'll be first and 10 Cumberland down at about the 30. They're going to mark him down at 38-yard line. And it's the Pirate 38. And that's where Olmstead and company will start their first drive of the night. We'll see what we see out of this Pirate offense here early on. It will look like it's a shotgun formation for the Pirates. Yes, it is. Running back on the left-hand side. There's a wing back for the Pirates on the left side. Now they're going to switch it and move the tight end and the wing back to the right side. There's a snap, hand off, looking for McNeekin, looking for some running room up the middle. He's going to go to the right side. He's going to fight his way up to about the 40 maybe the 44, going to mark him down the 44-yard line. And we'll say that is a gain of seven. So it'll be second and three for the Pirates. Ball on the 44-yard line. High formation for Olmstead and company. He's got two receivers on the left-hand side. making the deep back. Kaiser in at fullback. Take snap, fakes it to Kaiser, going to hand it off to McNeekin on the misdirection. He's got a hole. He's got a lane. He's got a block downfield. He's to the 40. And he's going to be brought down inside the 43-yard line, it looks like. About a 24-yard gain there by Blake McNeekin. And that will be the first pirate first down of the evening. And it will be inside Sagamon Valley territory, first and 10 Cumberland. All on the 31-yard line. That was a good-looking play there on the misdirection. Had some running room to the left-hand side, able to make a few men miss. Now Cumberland trying to use that momentum. Shotgun, two running backs. Now he's going to move McNeekin in motion. And off, I'm going to Olmstead. He's looking for running room up the middle. He's going to be tripped up at the line. Maybe gain about two for Olmstead. Or check that for Kaiser. Kaiser with two on that one. Gets it inside the 30. Down at about the 28. Second and seven here for Cumberland. I formation for Olmstead. Kaiser and McMeekin behind him. Two receivers, one on each side. That's Beerman, the receiver on the right-hand side. And we got a penalty. And we got a false start. Excuse me, we got an encroachment on Sagamon Valley. That'll be a five-yard penalty. And so that will be marked off. And instead of it being second and seven, it'll now be second and two for the Pirates. 
down to about the 22-yard line, looks like, from my vantage point. High formation one more time for Olmstead. McMeekin and Kaiser behind him. Takes a snap, going to hand it off to McMeekin. Makes one man miss in the backfield. Able to get back to the line of scrimmage. That's about it. McMeekin, did they get enough for the first? They're going to give him forward progress up to about the 21, and that'll be just enough for the first down. So another first down for Cumberland. That's their second first down of the drive. That'll make it first and 10, ball down on the 20. Shotgun formation, four wide receivers for the Pirates. Olstead takes a snap, going to hand it off to Kaiser. Looking for running room right side. Not a lot there. In fact, it's going to be a loss for the Pirates. Loss of one. That's the first negative play of the Pirates. I guess I should say the second negative play of the Pirates on the season. They did have one pass completed last week for negative one yard. And that'll bring up second and 11, ball on the 21-yard line of the Pirates. Cumberland trying to score here early on this first drive here with 8.50 left to go in this first quarter. I formation. Kaiser and McMeekin behind Olmstead. Receivers on the left-hand side. McMeekin looking for some running room. Bounces to the outside. He's got a lane. He's down to the 10. Five. He's going to dive in. And I'm waiting on official word. He's in. Touchdown, Cumberland. Grant. Excuse me. Blake McMeekin gets in. 21-yard touchdown. For Cumberland, of course, that touchdown brought to you by First Neighbor Bank of Toledo. And Cumberland here with 8.42 left to go in this first quarter. Gets their first score of the game, a 21-yard touchdown run by Blake McNeekin. As Neville will line up for the extra point. He was perfect last week. As he waits to snap. Nope, we got whistles and a flag. And it will be encroachment on the defense. And so we'll see what coach wants to do. Last week when there was the penalty, they went out there and then went for two. And it looks like they will go for two again as they got moved up to half the distance of the goal. So it looks like the Pirates will go for two here. As Cumberland will line up, it will be Olmstead. Kind of in that wishbone formation. And handoff will go to McMeekin. He's going to be met in the backfield. Conversion, no good. So it will be 6-0 Pirates lead. 8.42 left to go in this first quarter. We'll take a break when we come back. We'll have more Cumberland Pirate football on WCRA. Cumberland football is here again. The First Neighbor Bank was there. It's nothing better than home field advantage. That's why we offer basic checking with no monthly service charge, along with interest-bearing checking for both consumers and businesses. It's a wide array of personal consumer, business, and agriculture loans. All the way from home, pay from anywhere with First Neighbor's online banking and mobile app. First Neighbor Bank in Green up in Toledo, firstneighborbank.com. An equal housing lender member of FDIC. All loans subject to credit approval. Now, enjoy the game, and let's go Pirates. Well, I like the way this game is going right now. This is Cumberland High School football on 99.5 and 107.7 WCRA. Come back, Cumberland leads 6 to nothing here early on. As it will be Nebel to kick it off, it will be Colin Kramer back deep to return for the Storm. Nebel kicks it off. It's a low kick. 
It'll be caught by the Outback man at about the 20-yard line, looking for some running room, and he's going to be brought down at about the 39-yard line. That return was by Aiden Lynch, the junior running back. That's where Sagamon Valley will take over. First and 10, Sagamon Valley. Ball will be on the... I'm mark him down at the 30... Basically the 38 and a half, it looks like. First and 10 for the Storm. Their first opportunity with the football tonight. Jagger Hill will come out again in kind of a wing tee, a fullback right behind the quarterback, and then two wings on each side. I see one of those is Coleman. He's going to be moved out into motion. They're going to hand it off up the middle. Not a whole lot of room there, and they'll give him forward progress of about a yard. That was Beals on the carry. Brody Beals, the sophomore, give him about a yard. And it was Redfern on the tackle. And it'll bring up second and nine for Sagamon Valley. Like we said, they got a lot of guys in the backfield who can carry the football. This time they'll come out with dual wing tees, but no fullback. Two receivers on the right. They're going to move Coleman in motion. Pitch it to the motion man. That's Coleman on the right side. We've got a penalty flag in the backfield. It will be a gain of a couple. It's like about a four, three or four-yard game, but there's a penalty flag deep in the backfield, and that'll be a hold on Sagamon Valley. So a hold on the storm, and then we'll mark it off. That will be a... 10-yard penalty. And that'll make it second down. Make it second and 19 here with 7.50 left to go in the first quarter. Pirates lead 6 to nothing. Second Valley will come out. It will be Hill once again. Wing T, fullback right behind him. Two wing backs on each side. And it'll make look a quick throw. Ball tipped in the air, still tipped, batted around, and incomplete. As he was looking for Kramer. It was a quick throw. It was batted down at the line by the Pirates, and I believe that was Mr. Zach Harmon. We talked about him a lot on defense last week. Had a big sack for the Pirates. And now it'll be third and 19 here for Sagamon Valley. Ball on their own 21. And I don't know much about the throwing of Hill or the passing attack of the Sangamon team. They'll come out in that wing tee again. One receiver on each side. Going to move one man in motion. Quick snap. Now quarterback looking for the option. Still looking on the option. He's going to keep it himself. Gets to the outside. He may be close to the first down. I think he was pushed out of bounds right at the end. And that's a big gain, though, for the Storm. Make it uh, needed 19. I think he got 16 on the carry. It'll be just short. It will be fourth down. It's like fourth and about two. So it'll be fourth and two, and they're going to give him 18 on that one. I'll say the Storm will be going for it here. Ball on their own 47-yard line. Hill. Come out again in that wing T formation. One receiver on each side. Coleman, the running back on the left-hand side. Beals will move in motion on the right. He's going to look to run it right up the middle. And I think he was brought back. We'll see where they give him forward progress. He's going to be sh- close. It's going to be close. It all depends on the spot. 
still waiting for official word on where that spot is. And we're going to get an official timeout and a measurement here. From my vantage point, I think he may have been a little short, but I, I can't quite tell from here. This is a big momentum swing if the Pirates were able to hold there because I thought for sure Hill was getting through on that one. And the gap just closed up. As the Cumberland defense stood tall, at least at the moment. I think that was Alan Darling, the senior 6-1 lineman, who wrapped up Hill. Trying to bring him back as we wait for the chain gang to make their way out here. Like I said, it's going to be close. As we're getting that measurement. Chain is down. We're looking for it. We're looking for it. Short. Just short. No good. It'll be Cumberland football. So the Cumberland defense does stand tall. And the Pirates will take over. So it was a it was a gain of about one, about a yard short. And the Pirates will take over first and ten inside Sagamon Valley territory. And this is a big chance for momentum swing for the Pirates. They have the ball on the Sagamon Valley 48-yard line to the Pirates. It'll be first and ten Cumberland. Olmstead will head out in the shotgun. He's got two receivers on the left, one on the right. That one receiver on the right is McNeekin. Kaiser in the backfield beside the quarterback Olmstead on the left-hand side. Going to hand it off to Kaiser, looking for some room. Spins away from one man. Gets down to about the 45. Ball's hit out of bounds. But it will be a gain. Looks like about four or five. We'll officially mark him for five by Kaiser. That's a second down. Kaiser was able to spin away from one tackle, and then he was heading down the sideline, and the ball kind of got hit out of bounds as he did. It will be second and five. I formation for the Pirates. Kaiser and McNeek in the deep backs. Olmstead surveys the defense. He's going to pitch it to the outside to McNeekin, and he's going to be brought down for a big loss. Down to the 50. And McNeekin just couldn't get around the corner. He was trying to set it up, but Sagamon Valley able to sniff that one out. And we'll say that that was a loss of about seven for McNeekin. And it will set up a third and about 12. As this Cumberland line, which looked very good last week in Sangamon Valley, not looking so hot here early on at least. Still third down for the Pirates. Ball on the 50-yard line. Shotgun, two wide receivers, as well as two wingbacks. Going to move one man in motion. That's McNeekin. Fakes the handoff to McNeekin. Now Olmstead rolling out. He's in trouble. Tries to spin away. And he's going to get back to the line of scrimmage no more. And that'll be no gain. And now it's a fourth down for the Pirates. Fourth and 12. Ball on your own 50. We'll see if they want to try and flip field position or if the Pirates just try and go for it here. Thinking, you know, what have you got to lose here by going for it? But it looks like they will be punting. Well, the Pirates. It'll be Harmon back deep to punt for Cumberland. As it will be Kramer back deep to return for Sagamon Valley. Harmon. It's the snap. First punt of the season for the Pirates. It's a nice-looking punt. It's going to bounce, and it's going to be down at about the 16-yard line. So down to the 16-yard line. That's where Sagamon Valley will take over. It'll be first and 10 for the Storm. They trail 6 nothing here with 5.14 left to go. Good stop by the defense for Sagamon Valley. 
Uh, Cumberland got nothing on that drive. First and 10, ball in the 16-yard line for Hill and company. Hill's got some speed on him. He's a good runner with the football, and that option attack can be dangerous if the Pirates can't defend it well. As it will be that wing tee again. Coleman will line up as the wing back on the left-hand side. Two receivers as well as the fullback. I'm going to move one man in motion from left to right. Handoff will go to the fullback up the middle, maybe about a yard. Couldn't quite see from my vantage point who that was. Now it looks like it will be number 11. That is Cameron Luna. We'll mark him of a gain of two for Luna, his first carry of the night. And I'll bring up second Nate. 4.50 left to go, first quarter. Pirates lead 6-0. Wing T again. Luna is the deep back. Coleman, the wing back on the left-hand side. Two receivers, one on each side. Going to pitch it over to Coleman. Looking to run the end around on the right-hand side. Got a block, but he's going to be brought down after a gain of a, a nice gain, decent gain. Gives it to at least a third manageable. We'll say it's about a five-yard gain for Coleman. So we'll say about third and three for Sagamon Valley here, deep in their own territory. Ball still on their own 26. This Cumberland defense already made one big stop tonight on a fourth down. Not quite fourth down yet, but Cumberland's still trying to make a big stop. As Sagamon Valley comes out, wing T again. Luna the deep back. Coleman's going to move in motion one more time. Takes the handoff to Luna. That's going to be a keeper on the option for Hill, and he's going to be pushed out of bounds, but he's going to get the first, first first down of the night for the Storm. And it will be a gain of, we'll say about a six-yard gain for Hill on his second carry of the night. It's a first down, first first down of the night for the Storm. As the Pirates... Defense looks a little shell-shocked as it comes up needing to stop the storm here. First and 10, ball in the Sangamon Valley, 31-yard line. Hill under center again. Wing T going to move Coleman in motion. He kind of stumbled. Ball snapped. It was bobbled for a second. He's going to air it out, looking for Kramer, and it's going to be incomplete. Aired it way too far for his receiver. And that'll fall incomplete, bring up second and 10. Hill's got the arm. He's got the speed. Unfortunately, Hill just let his man a little too far there. Was looking for Kramer, who was one-on-one with McMeekin. McMeekin was able to keep with him. He'll bring up second and ten off the incomplete pass. Second and ten. For the Storm. Ball on the 31-yard line. Wing T again. Full back behind him. That's Luna. Coleman's going to be on the right-hand side, I believe. No, Coleman's on the sideline, actually. Going to fake the pitch to the wingman. Going to get it out to Luna. Luna's going to run up the middle for a gain of about, uh, we'll say about a six-yard gain for Luna. And it'll be third and about four. As Pirate defense needs to try and make a stop here. Ball on the 37-yard line. See if the Pirate defense can come through. Cumberland 
defensively. Looks like it has four down linemen. As we'll see that wing tee again. Gonna move one man in motion. Pitches it off to the motion man. Looking for some running room. Trying to turn the corner. Couldn't get there. And it'll be a loss. Loss of, we'll say, about two. Loss of two. As that was... I think it was a lynch on the carry. Lost a two. It will bring up fourth down now. And we'll see if we see a punt. Cumberland kind of lining up for a punt from Sagamon Valley, but we'll see if they have faith in their defense. Always got to be on the lookout for a fake as well if you're Cumberland here early on. 2.19 left to go. As Cumberland back deep to return. As there's the snap, there's the ball. It's a high punt. It'll be caught at about the 35. That's where the return will set up for the Pirates. It's Beerman on the return, and he's going to be brought down at about the 45-yard line of the Pirates. So both defenses making stops. Cumberland first on the Storm when they went for it on fourth down, and the Storm came back, forced a three and out for the Pirates. And now Cumberland stops the Pirate defense in their own territory, and now Cumberland will take over. First and 10, ball on their own, 45. Olmstead and company come out of eye formation. Two receivers on the left-hand side. McNeek in the deep back, and now we've got a timeout from Sangamon Valley. So Sangamon Valley is going to take a timeout, so we'll take 30 seconds as well. You're listening to Cumberland Fire Football on WCRA. If where you work just isn't working anymore, it's time to move up to Evapco in Greenup, where many employees have retired millionaires. Starting wages at Evapco range from $16.90 per hour to $22 per hour based on skills and experience. And life insurance is free. Receive profit sharing twice a year and enjoy exceptional health benefits like medical, dental, and vision insurance, along with a prescription drug plan. Evapco is looking for assembly mechanics, welders, machine operators, and general laborers. Make the move to Evapco. Apply at jobs.evapcomw.com. Equal opportunity employer you're listening to cumberland pirates football on wcra welcome back here to sangamon valley high school where cumberland leads six nothing but this has really turned into a defensive battle we talked about how last week sangamon valley beat tri-county 12 to 8 and we were wondering if it was the defense or or the offense and at least early on this sangamon defense has been playing some really good football. Yes, Cumberland was able to get a, a touchdown in there rather early, but since then they've made an adjustment, and Cumberland has yet to kind of figure it out. High formation for the Pirates behind Olmstead. Kaiser McNeekin, two wide receivers on the left-hand side. Going to hand it off to McNeekin on the misdirection, looking for some running room. He's got some. He's going to go up the middle. Cuts back to his right. He's got one man to beat. It's a foot race down to the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Cumberland. No flags on the field, and that'll be a 45-yard touchdown run for Blake McNeek in his second of the game. And it happens here with 150 left to go in this first quarter. And, of course, that touchdown brought to you by First Neighbor Bank of Toledo. A 55-yard touchdown run by McNeekin. 55 yards. He took that misdirection, went left. Came back to the right. Cut up field. And one man to miss. And we had Sangamon Valley jumped off sides. 
So it'll be another offsides penalty, and we'll see if Cumberland wants to decline it or not. As they will decline it, or they will accept it, excuse me, and that'll move them half the distance to goal. So the Pirates will try once again for a two. Trying to make up for the one they missed earlier. As Cumberland comes out on this two-point conversion. They'll come out full house. And that wishbone with a fullback and two running backs. Olmstead under center. Takes snap, pitches it out to McMeekin. McMeekin looking for some running room. Cuts back to the left. Made a one-man miss. He's going to get in. Two-point conversion is good. And the Pirates lead 14 to nothing here with 150 off to go in the first quarter. We'll take 30 seconds. Be back for more Cumberland Pirate football on WCRA. At Country Financial, we're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through town. We're part of your community and help support the programs that make our neighborhoods thrive. We take the time to get to know our clients. We know that every situation is unique, and our goal is to understand yours so we can help you be confident about your financial security and your future. Call me, Curtis Walker. Or me, Lauren Holtapel-Clapp at 217-849-3011 to talk about how we can help ensure the future you're dreaming of is something you can proudly own no matter what it looks like. You're listening to Cumberland Pirates Football on WCRA. Play touchdown drive for the Pirates, and they now lead 14 to nothing here with 150 left to go in this first quarter. And the ball back, or Neville, excuse me, can't read my own writing. Neville back to kick, as it will again be Kramer back to return as the sun is setting here at Sagamon Valley. Lights up, come on. The low kick. He'll bounce in front of the return man. He picks it up. And that's Coleman. Coleman looking to set up some running room on the right hand side. Gets a block from Kramer and he's going to be pushed out at about the 36. 36 yard line. He'll be down by Bierman as well as Kaiser got over there for the Pirates. And it'll be first and 10 Sagamon Valley. Sagamon Valley has yet to get it on the Cumberland side of the 50. Yet to move it into pirate territory. They've had a couple drives, but a couple first downs. One first down, I should say. We'll see if this offense can do something on this drive. Hill will break the huddle. And that wing tee with the fullback. He's got one receiver on his right. That, I believe, is Kramer. Going to move one man in motion. Going to pitch it out to the motion man. Looking for some running room on the right-hand side. Going to be brought down by Zach Harmon right at the line. Zach Harmon getting over there. That was Beals on the carry. And we'll see where they mark him at. No gain. Actually, they're going to say a loss of one. So we'll give him a loss of one as well. Sets up second and 11. For the storm. Second and 11. Here as we close in on the final minute. Of first quarter play. Hill. Under center again with that wing tee. Got Luna right behind him. Going to move Beals in motion again. They're going to pitch it to Beals again. Now on the reverse. The wide receiver reverse. Looking for some running room. Nothing there. Pirates snuffed it out. And that'll be a loss. Grant Moran on the carry on the wide receiver reverse. We'll say it's a loss of five. And sets up a third and 15 here. 
with just 40 seconds left to go in the first quarter. Pirates lead 14 to nothing. Good play by the Pirate defense. Now third and long for Stangeman Valley. Come out again, the wing tee. See if they're going to throw it. Gonna move one man in motion. Fake it to the motion man. Going to hand it off. That's Beals and nothing there either. Maybe gain a two. That's about it. And that'll bring up fourth down. And it will bring up fourth down for the Storm here. And they may just wait and let this clock wind down. As we're just five seconds left in the quarter. They will let the clock wind down. So after one quarter of play, Pirates lead 14 to nothing. We'll be back with second quarter action here in just a moment on WCRA. Neil Tire and Auto Service has been serving the community for over 90 years, and they're 100% employee-owned. You entrust your vehicle to their team, and they don't take that lightly. They treat you better than family. The word tire may be in their name, but they offer much more, like diagnostics, brakes, suspensions, and alignments, just to name a few. Nothing beats a Neil deal. Visit them today at 205 East Madison Street in Toledo, open weekdays till 5 and Saturdays till noon. They wish the best of luck to this year's Cumberland Pirates. Go Pirates! Enjoy the perfect blend at Coffee and Creams in Toledo, your one-stop destination for all things delicious. Craving a rich cup of joe? They have you covered with hot and cold brews, peas, lotus, and specialty sodas. Ask your barista to build one just for you. Hungry? They have breakfast sandwiches, ice cream, pizza, soups, salads, wraps, and even a kid's menu. They really do have all your taste buds in mind. So step into Coffee and Creams in Toledo, where every visit is the perfect blend of deliciousness. Coffee and Creams will be open till 11 on game nights. And players in uniform get three small cones. This is Cumberland High School football on 99.5 and 107.7 WCRA. Welcome back here to Sangamon Valley High School. While you have a second, let's take a look at our first neighbor bank of Toledo scoreboard update. Area scores from around the area that we got. Eureka over Shelbyville, 15 to 8. Arthur currently beating Villa Grove, 7 to nothing at last check there. Comus over Argenta, 8 to nothing. Last check there. Robinson, 7 nothing over Taylorville. Lawrenceville, 16 to 6 over Red Hill. Carlisle, 8 to 7 over Tuscola as well. Still early on here on this Friday night. Charleston, 19 to nothing over Paris as well. But here in Sagamon Valley, it's 14 to nothing. And we have a punt upcoming from the storm. Meekin back deep to return. Looks like Cumberland may be bringing pressure on this punt. As there's the snap, gets it away, a quick kick, and we won't get a return from Cumberland. McNinkin just going to let that one roll, and it'll be brought down and down at about the 32-yard line. That was Kramer who downed it, and that's where the Pirates will take over. It'll be first and 10 Cumberland on their own 34-yard line. Rollstead and company. Again, the Pirates have yet to attempt to pass in this game, haven't needed to yet. First and 10 for the Pirates. Ball on their own 34. This offense, three drives, two scores. That's not bad average. 66% of getting a lot of Hall of Fames. Shotgun formation for the Pirates. Two receivers on the left-hand side. That's Beerman and Harmon. Kaiser, the running back on the right-hand side. Going to keep it is Olmstead. Going to keep it on the quarterback keeper. He's down at about the... 39-yard line. So we'll mark him for a gain of five on the QB keeper by Olmstead. And that'll bring up 
second and about five. That was a designed quarterback keeper, possibly an option play, but it looked to me like a, a keeper with the fake to Kaiser out of that shotgun formation. Carmelo will come out once again in the shotgun. Bierman and Harmon, the receiver. Check that. Bierman in the slot on the right-hand side. McNeekin, the receiver on the left-hand side. Kaiser, they're running back on the right-hand side. Now they're going to move McNeekin in motion. Handoff will go to McMeekin, looking for some running room on the jet sweep. Right side, gets a block, gets another, and he's going to be brought out of bounds about the 50. So we'll mark a gain of 11 for Blake McMeekin. And a first down for the Pirates, their third of the night. Still not yet in Sangamon Valley territory. Carmel will have it first and 10 on their own 49. Rushing attack again, working for the Pirates, and again working for Blake McMeekin. Already has two touchdowns tonight. One from 21, one from 55. Shotgun again for the Pirates. Two receivers on the left. That's Bierman, the wideout, and then McMeekin is the slot receiver on the left-hand side. Kaiser, the running back on the right. Handoff will go to Kaiser on the delay, and ball may be on the ground. Ball may be on the ground. And it's going to be Sagamon Valley football in the turnover. That's one thing that Cumberland kind of got bet last week. One mistake. They had two fumbles on the night, and that's the first one of the night for the Pirates there. That one was on Kaiser. And so it will be first and ten storm close to Pirates territory. It'll be first and ten Sagamon Valley on their own 46. And Sagamon Valley has yet to get it past the 50-yard line. Come out in that wing tee again. Behind Hill. Hill's going to move Coleman in motion. Hands up. Nope. Option keeper. And Hill's brought down in the backfield. Great tackle by the Pirates. Loss of about five. And that was Matthew Redfern getting in there on defense for Cumberland. Loss of five. And it pushes them back to the 40. Second and 15 for Sagamon Valley. And a great play right there by Redfern. He just stayed put, went after Hill on the option, and wrapped him up in the backfield. Come out again in the wing tee. Little Sagamon Valley. Going to move one man in motion. Hands off. Nope. Keeper by Hill. Looking for some running room. and Gets it about, uh, we'll say about three yards there by Hill. On his fourth attempt of the night. And gets it to about a third and 13. Yeah, third and 13 for Sangamon Valley. Ball in between the 42 and 43-yard lines. Sangamon Valley will again come out wing tee for Hill. Does have two wideouts, as well as two wing backs. Luna is the deep back. And with one man in motion away from the line. Pump fakes, does Hill. He's looking to throw. Now he's scrambling. He's hit hard by the Cumberland defense. Pirates brought him down. It was a big hit. Brought him down in the backfield. That was Owen McGinnis getting in there with the sack. And that'll be fourth down and a three and out for Sagamon Valley. First sack of the night for the Pirates. As that one was by McGinnis. Good job on that sack, and it'll force a punt once again. McMeekin back deep to return as well as Beerman, I believe. 
it will be Lynch, I believe, to punt for the storm here on this fourth down play. There's the snap. There's the kick. It's a high kick. It'll bounce at about the 35, and we won't get a return down at the 31. Pirates will have it first and 10 on their own 31-yard line. And that's where this Cumberland offense will take over once again. As Cumberland try and prevent the turnover that they had last time out. First and 10, Cumberland ball in the 31. They lead 14 to nothing here with 8.30 left to go in this first half. Olmstead, I formation. Two receivers on his right-hand side. Handoff. Fakes the handoff. Now he will hand it off to McMeekin. Looking for some misdirection again. He's going to get close to the first down. Give him nine. For Blake McMeekin. The workhorse of the Pirate offense. He's already got eight carries tonight. Close to 100 yards. He's probably got, he's got over 100 yards now. Eight carries over 100 yards for McMeekin. They're going to say that's a first down. So they'll give him ten. And a first down for the Pirates. First and 10, Cumberland. Ball on the 41-yard line. And that gain of 10. But Cumberland will come out this time in the wishbone. One fullback, two running backs. That's Kaiser and McMeekin in the backfield. You can see the other player. Handoff will go to McMeekin. Look for some running room on the right-hand side. Bulls through one tackle. He's going to be brought down close to the 50, just short at about the 49-yard line. Give him about an eight-yard gain on that one as well. As Blake McMeekin, he just lowers his head and goes. I'll make it second and eight. Ball will be on the 49-yard line of the Pirates. They'll line up again in the wishbone. Behind Olmstead. Take snap, hand it off, this time running to the left side, and not a lot there by Bierman. He may have enough for the first, but there's a flag in the backfield, usually in the area of a hold. It will be a hold on the Pirates. That'll be Cumberland's first penalty of the season, I believe. And that'll be a 10-yard penalty for Cumberland, and basically sets them up Back to the original line of scrimmage, so it'll be second and 10. I want to say 11. It will be technically 11. Ball on the 40. For Cumberland. See if they come out again in the wishbone. It looks like they will. Once again, come out wishbone. Bierman and McMeekin in the backfield, along with Kaiser. Hand off. We'll go to McMeekin, looking for running room on the right-hand side. Going to break through one tackle, still on his feet, still moving, and he's going to be brought down at about the 47-yard line, so a gain of seven for McMeekin on that play. It sets up a third down. We'll say about third and four for the Pirates. Yeah, third and four for Cumberland, and we'll see what the Pirates decide they want to do. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Line up and do it again. Wishbone one more time. Snap, handoff. We'll go to McMeekin, and he's going to be hammered, but he's going to get enough for the first down. We'll say about a seven-yard gain. 
Uh, yes. We'll say six, but enough for the first. So Cumberland with a first down inside Sagamon Valley territory. On that run by McMeekin for six. Uh, Cumberland will have it now in Sagamon Valley storm territory. Trying to put some more points on the board. They lead 14-0. Here's we close in on the end of the first half. I formation this time for the Pirates. Kaiser and McMeekin, the deep back. Takes a snap. Going to hand it off. McMeekin looking for running room on the right-hand side. Gets a block. It's another. He's down the field. He's going to be pushed out about the 30. So we'll say that that is an 18-yard run by McMeekin and another Pirate first down. Down to the 30. Cumberland looking to move the football here. It will be first and 10 Cumberland ball in the Sagamon Valley 30-yard line here with 5.38 left to go in this first half. Pirates lead 14-0. Shotgun this time. Two running backs, two receivers on the left-hand side as well for Homestead. Going to move McMeekin in motion from right to left. Handoff will go to Kaiser. Kaiser... Not a lot of room. In fact, he'll be brought down to the backfield for a loss. Looks like a loss of about three by Kaiser. Just can't seem to get his legs under him tonight and get moving. That loss of three will bring, make it second and about 13. Again, we have yet to see the Pirates attempt to pass in this game. Haven't needed to yet. The run game's done just fine behind McMeekin. Olmstead shotgun again. McMeekin is the receiver on the right-hand side. Two receivers on the left-hand side. Kaiser, the running back on the left. Going to fake it to Kaiser. Keep it himself. Is Olmstead looking for some running room. He's going to be upended down at about the 31-yard line. He's close to the first down. Mark him just short. As we'll say at the game of 11. So we'll bring up third down. Third and about two. Good run right there by Olmstead, who called his own number on the option keeper. And it'll be third and about two here for the Pirates. Close to the red zone. They got the ball down on the 22-yard line. Line up in the wishbone. Bierman, and we got a penalty flag, and it'll be a false start on the Pirates. I think they were trying to get Sagamon Valley to jump, but said Cumberland did. Now be a loss of five. And so now you're looking more at a third and about seven. Six, seven, somewhere in there. Ball on the 36. 4.05 left to go in the half. Pirates lead 14 nothing. Trying to put some more points on the board. They'll line up wishbone again. Take snap, handoff, looking for McNeekin. He's going to break through one tackle in the backfield. Jukes the defender out at about the 35. Breaks through one tackle, cuts back up field. He's in. Touchdown, Cumberland. No flags on the field. And the Pirates with a 26-yard touchdown run by Blake McNeekin, his third of the game. As that was just his 13th carry. So basically he's scoring once every four times he touches the football. And with 3.51, the Pirates get on the board again. That touchdown brought to you by First Neighbor Bank of Toledo. As that one was from 26 yards out. As their snap ball down kick is up for the extra point. 
and it's good. So the Pirates go up 21 nothing. 3.51 left to go in the half. We'll take a break. Come back for more Carmel Pirate football on WCRA. That warrant services, they can help. Working at home in the garage, our parts department covers a variety of brands. Or maybe you're ready for some new equipment. Our showroom features mowers, trimmers, chainsaws, and more from manufacturers including Cub Cadet, Troy Built, DeWalt, and European Forestry Company. Go see them at Gentry Small Engine, located on the north side of the square in Toledo. This is Cumberland High School football on 99.5 and 107.7 WCRA. Welcome back to Sagamon Valley High School. Pirates lead 21 to nothing. Behind Blake McMeekin's third rushing touchdown of the game. And it will be Cumberland kicking it off. Nebel. It's been perfect on extra points thus far this year. We'll line up to kick the kickoff. And we're back to return. He's only standing about the 20-yard line. Nebel hasn't kicked it very far. And that's a low-line drive kick as well. It will bounce at about the 20 and finally be picked up by the out man. He's going to break one tackle down the sidelines. He's to the 40 and be brought down at about the 44-yard line. A good return right there for Sagamon Valley. Sets him up with decent field position. As that was Aiden Lynch on the carry. And it will be first and 10, Sagamon Valley. Oh, there. I believe there's a... Oh, I do see there's a flag on the field. Far side of the foot far side of the field. It was away from the play. It's the flag's back by the twenty five yard line. And we have refs convening and converging and talking. And it will be unsportsmanlike conduct on Sagamon Valley. So that'll be from the point of the foul, which will be about the 25-yard line. Three, four. We have five. Five-yard walk-off from the spot of the foul. So Sangamon Valley, that big return will be brought back. And so instead it will be first and 10. Ball will be on the 18-yard line for the Storm. And Sangamon Valley now will get into the huddle. And now they'll break that huddle. First and 10 for the Storm, deep in their own territory. Ball on about the 18-yard line. Hill will come out in that wing tee. Our receivers on each side. Move one man in motion. He'll hand it off to Luna up the middle. Gain of about two, it looks like, as he's met by a host of pirates right at the line. Actually, looks like they'll give him about four on the carry. Sets up second and six here for Sagamon Valley. 3.20 left to go in the half. 21 nothing. Pirates lead. Second down, second and six. 
Wing T again, this time no fullback behind the quarterback hill. They move one man in motion from left to right. They pitch it to the motion man. That's Coleman. Coleman looking for some running room. And he's going to be upended at about the 26-yard line, close to the first down, about a yard short. Give Coleman six. Let's actually give him five. He's about two yards short. It will be third down. Third and two here for the Storm. Sacramento like Valley trying to put a drive here together before the end of the half. They will get the ball to start the second half. Wishbone again, going to move Coleman in motion one more time. Now this time he's going to hand it off to Luna up the middle. And he might have fallen forward enough for the first. We'll see where the official spot is. It will be a first down for Sagamon Valley. Three yards on that one. It will be a first down for the Storm. Their second of the night. And it'll be first and 10 Sagamon Valley on their own 28. So a lot of green in front of them. Clock working against them. Two minutes left to go in the half. Line up wing T again, but this time that fullback's going to be Luna out in the slot on the left side. Going to move one man in motion. They'll pitch to the motion man. That's Coleman looking for some running room. He's going to drag a defender, drag a couple before he's brought down by a host of pirates. At about the 32-yard uh, line. So I'll mark him for a gain of four. As the clock keeps going. Down to a minute and a half. No hurry from Sagamon Valley at this point. It will be second down, second about six for the Storm. Someone tries to make a quick substitution. They will get that substitution in. Wing T one more time for the Storm. Hill's going to move one man in motion. He'll fake it to the motion man. Now he's under pressure, looking to step up and throw it. He's going to be brought down, sacked in the backfield. Loss of three, and now the Pirates will take a timeout. And that's another sack for Cumberland with 103 left. As that one, I believe it was, uh, there were a couple Pirates back there, but the one I saw, I saw Owen McGinnis back there for his second, and probably, I think it was Chance Nichols as well getting in there for his first sack of the night. As this Cumberland defense has really shut down Sangamon Valley here. With a minute three left, it'll be third down. Cumberland used one of their three timeouts. So they'll have two left. Sangamon Valley with two timeouts left as well. So we'll see. What Sagamon Valley draws up here for this third down play. And do you be conservative with it now that you know Cumberland took their timeout and parents want a shot with the ball possibly before the end of the half? Well, wait and see what Sagamon Valley does. We've seen Hill try to attempt a couple passes. He's over two tonight throwing the football, but he's tried a couple other times, but the Pirate defense has been there too quick. Move one man in motion. They'll take it to the motion man. Looking to throw. Looking left. They're going to air it up there. It's going to be caught. It's going to be caught. 
down at the 40 and inside Pirate Territory, a big first down for Sagamon Valley. We'll say it's a 30-yard pass. I believe that was Kramer who caught it. They'll go hurry up now and just going to spike it. So they'll spike it with 54.1 seconds left. It'll be second down, second and 10. Ball on the 39-yard line after the big 30-yard pass play from Hill to Kramer. They'll line up one more time in that wing tee. Now Hill's going to change it up at the line. Let's his lineman know. Takes snap, looking to throw. He's looking left. Now goes right. Pump fakes it. Going to air it up on the right-hand side. It's going to be Oh, it's tipped. Tipped and caught. Diving towards the end zone. He's going to be just short. But another big play. It was tipped by Beerman. Couldn't bring it in. And we'll say that that one is a 36-yard catch. And I'm hearing whistles. I don't know what exactly happened. They didn't blow the whistle. As they're going to say, offsides. It was a penalty on Sagamon Valley. It'll be a loss of five. I don't know if it was an ineligible receiver. I don't know if it was a false start. I don't quite know what the penalty is. The Sagamon Valley coach is wanting an explanation as well, but Hill came back to the sideline very upset. As the head official still talking with the Sagamon Valley coach here, saying about the 20. I make it first and goal, ball in the nine. With 45.5 seconds left. Sagamon Valley was lined up to, to try this play, but the coach is still talking to the officials, so now they'll get back to the line. Build the storm. First and goal from the nine. First and goal from the nine. They'll come out wing T again. Move a man in motion. Going to hand it off to Coleman, and Coleman's going to be tripped up behind the line of scrimmage. Loss of about five for Coleman. I believe we'll get a timeout here from Sagamon Valley. We will. That's their second. With 35.3 seconds left in the half, we'll stay right here. And what is ending up to be an exciting end of this first half, two big passing plays from Sagamon Valley, one for 30, one for 36. Both of them to Kramer. The second one was just Beerman tipped it up in the air. Kramer stayed with it. That old tip drill that you do in practice. And he almost had it be. He was just brought down at about the four. Just tripped up, lost his footing. 
And then we have the penalty on Sangamon Valley at second and goal from the nine. But after or first and goal from the nine. But after that loss of five on the run, it will be second and goal from the fifteenth. That's what Sangamon Valley will have here with thirty five seconds left. As both teams will break the huddle. Coming up in just a little bit, we will have our Scotts Building Center halftime show. Coming up in just a moment. We'll recap the first half and get you a look at those stats. We'll check on some scores from around the area. Wing T again for Hill. Hill. Wing T going to move one man in motion. Fakes it to the motion man. Now under pressure. Looks, steps up across the middle. Incomplete. Had a man there. Has man beat by about a half a step. There is a flag, though, in the backfield. And there'll be a face mask on the Pirates. There'll be a face mask against Cumberland. So that one will not count. They'll erase that play. So it'll be back to 31 seconds left. And after all that, we're going to have second and goal. Ball will be on about the eight-yard line. 31 seconds left. 21 nothing. Pirates lead. But Sagamon Valley trying to carry some of that momentum into the second half. They're threatening. This is their best drive of the night. Wing T again for Hill. Hill. Going to look to throw, lobs it up towards the end zone to Kramer, and it's incomplete. Overthrew his man. I like the idea, though. Kramer once again had McNeekin on him. Kramer does have the height advantage there. So instead, it'll be third and goal from the nine. Check that from about the uh, seven. Seven or eight-yard line. Once again, wing tee. Kramer, the receiver on the right-hand side. As Hill is going to move one man in motion, pitches it to the motion man. That's Coleman. He's trying to get in. He's close. I'm waiting on official word. Haven't seen hands go up yet. Clock keeps ticking. He's not in, and we're going to get another timeout from Sagamon Valley. He was close. We're going to mark him down at about the one. So it'll be fourth and goal. Gain a seven on the run. Fourth and goal from the one here with 17.4 seconds left. Obviously, it depends. Do you, do you want to get a touchdown? I don't know the kicking game for Sagamon Valley. Or do you just try and get points here? I think, I think with the drive you've had, if you're Sagamon Valley in the storm, you've got to try and get points here. You've got to try and put it in the end zone. So if I'm coach, I'm going for it here. That's easy for me to say. I'm a broadcaster up here. I'm not a coach. 17.4 seconds left. It will be fourth and goal from the one. This Pirate defense has already stopped one fourth down here tonight, and they stop another. This will be a huge one. Sagamon Valley trying to get some momentum again. Remember, they get the ball to start the second half. So this could be a huge momentum swing in this game. Sagamon Valley going more towards the air on this drive, and it's worked for the most part. We'll see if they try to punch it in and how they try to punch it in here. 
if you're the storm? Do you just line up and try to barrel it forward with Luna? You try and be fancy with one of those wing backs. They line up in the wing T. Hill going to try the QB keeper up the middle. He's in. Oh, wait. Yes, he's in. One yard touchdown run from Hill with 14.9 seconds left in this first half. 14.9. It was number one with a one yard touchdown run. Now it looks like they're going to line up for two. Are the storm here with 14.9 seconds left? So Cumberland went five and a half quarters. Nope, they're going to line up for the extra point. It will be Hunter Martin to kick. Their snap ball down. Kick is up. It's on the way. And it's good. Extra point is good. And make it 21 to 7. Pirates still lead. So Cumberland goes. Five quarters and 14 and a and 0.9 seconds short of a scoreless start to the season defensively. First touchdown, the Pirates have given up. First points the Pirates have given up this year. It was a nice drive put together by Sagamon Valley here to end that half. A couple big passing plays and a little bit of luck. Sometimes you need that. The tip drill pass that was caught. And Sangamon Valley will line up for the kickoff. You have to wonder, do you try onside here? If you're Sangamon Valley, I mean, 14.9 seconds left. You got one timeout left. No, check that. You got no timeouts left. Cumberland has two. Cumberland is not lined up for an onside kick. I'll tell you this much, Martin did a great job on that extra point. He had a lot of leg in it. And it doesn't look like Sangamon Valley's lined up for an onside either. As Martin will line up to kick it. And it will be a little squibber. It's going to bounce off of Cumberland, but the Pirates are able to corral it down to the 45. Oh, that could have been disastrous. He aimed it right at a Cumberland player and hit him in the shoulder pad, bounced up in the air, and then it will be corralled by the Pirates. That was Hunter Kemper who fell on it. And the Pirates will take over first and 10 on their own 44. And I think if you're Cumberland here, you take a knee and you head to the half. As the last two minutes of this of this one, of this half, have not been pretty. But instead, Cumberland can come out shotgun. Three receivers on the right-hand side. For Olmstead. Olmstead takes a snap, rolls out to his right, still rolling right. Looks like he's going to throw. He is going to air it up there. It's going to be tipped and incomplete. Incomplete with five seconds left. Olmstead, that is his second pass attempt of the season. And it'll bring up second down. Ball on the 44. I think now maybe is when you take a knee. You gave it a shot. You were hoping to get close. Maybe try for a field goal or something. But I don't think Olmstead's got the arm to get it all the way down there, but maybe maybe he does, or maybe you can get, get lucky and get one man who can beat somebody. I think if you're Sangamon Valley, you're playing prevent defense. You just go back and keep everything in front of you. 
Trumbull's going to come out shotgun again, so they are going to make another attempt at it. Four wide. Kaiser's on the left-hand side. A lot of defenders up at close to the line for Sagamon Valley. they got three down linemen. Olmstead looking to throw. Looking to throw. He's got time. He's going to air it out there for McNeekin. It's going to be incomplete. Bounced off of Coleman, and that'll fall incomplete, and that'll do it for our first half of football. Pirates lead 21 to 14, or 21 7, excuse me. We'll be back with a look at stats here in just a moment on the Scotts Building Center halftime show on WCRA. Summer's winding down, and that means two things at Gentry Small Engine Repair. They're ready to service your outdoor equipment, like chainsaws and leaf blowers. Need repairs, parts, or something shiny and new? They can help kick off your season. Go see Gentry Small Engine to get your machines ready for fall and football season. Don't forget to have your generators spruced up and ready to roar for those tricky Illinois winters. Located on the north side of the square in Toledo, Gentry Small Engine is a very proud supporter of Cumberland Pirate football. At Country Financial, we're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through town. We're part of your community and help support the programs that make our neighborhood thrive. We take the time to get to know our clients. We know that every situation is unique and our goal is to understand yours so we can help you be confident about your financial security and your future. Call me, Curtis Walker. Or me, Lauren Holsapel-Clapp at 217-849-3011 to talk about how we can help ensure the future you're dreaming of is something you can proudly own no matter what it looks like. Neal Tire and Auto Service has been serving the community for over 90 years, and they're 100% employee-owned. You entrust your vehicle to their team, and they don't take that lightly. They treat you better than family. The word tire may be in their name, but they offer much more, like diagnostics, brakes, suspensions, and alignments, just to name a few. Nothing beats a Neal deal. Visit them today at 205 East Madison Street in Toledo. Open weekdays till 5 and Saturdays till noon. They wish the best of luck to this year's Cumberland Pirates. Go Pirates! Enjoy the perfect blend at Coffee and Creams in Toledo, your one-stop destination for all things delicious. Craving a rich cup of joe? They have you covered with hot and cold brews, peas, lotus, and specialty sodas. Ask your barista to build one just for you. Hungry? They have breakfast sandwiches, ice cream, pizza, soups, salads, wraps, and even a kid's menu. They really do have all your taste buds in mind. So step into Coffee and Creams in Toledo, where every visit is the perfect blend of deliciousness. Coffee and Creams will be open till 11 on game nights. And players in uniform get free small cones. Windows, doors, siding, and anything in between. Find it all right at Scott's Building Center. Scott's can service your needs with lumber, hand power tools, plumbing, electrical supplies, paints, and stains. Plus, they offer a rental center. Scott's is the largest Milwaukee dealer in the area. Support your local teams with an Orca cooler and chaser with your team's logo. Check out scottsbuildingcenter.com and on Facebook for all their specials and store hours. Proud supporter of the Cumberland Pirates. Summer is winding down, and that means two things at Gentry Small Engine Repair. They're ready to service your outdoor equipment, like chainsaws and leaf blowers. Need repairs, parts, or something shiny and new? They can help kick off your season. Go see Gentry Small Engine to get your machines ready for fall and football season. Don't forget to have your generators spruced up and ready to roar for those tricky Illinois winters. Located on the north side of the square in Toledo, Gentry Small Engine is a very proud supporter of Cumberland Pirate football. 
If where you work just isn't working anymore, it's time to move up to Evapco in Greenup, where many employees have retired millionaires. Starting wages at Evapco range from $16.90 per hour to $22 per hour based on skills and experience. And life insurance is free. Receive profit sharing twice a year and enjoy exceptional health benefits like medical, dental, and vision insurance, along with a prescription drug plan. Evapco is looking for assembly mechanics, welders, machine operators, and general laborers. Make the move to Evapco. Apply at jobs.evapcomw.com. Equal opportunity employer. This is the Cumberland Pirates Halftime Report on WCRA. Welcome back here to Singamon Valley High School. We're at the half. Your Pirates lead 21 to 7. How did we get here? Well, Cumberland got on the board first. They led after age 42. It was a 21-yard touchdown run by Blake McNeekin. Two-point conversion was no good. That means 6 to nothing. And Cumberland scored once more with 150 off to go in the first quarter on a 55-yard touchdown run by McMeekin. Two-point conversion at that point was good. Made it 14 to nothing. And the Pirates would strike with 351 left to go in the first half. It was a 26-yard touchdown run by Blake McMeekin. His third of the night. Extra point was good. Made it 21 to nothing. Sagamon Valley would get on the board, though, before the end of the half with 14.9 seconds left. It was a one-yard touchdown run by Hill. Extra point was good, and that got us to our 21-7 score. Welcome into the Scott's Building Center Halftime Show, and let's take a look at those numbers. First, we will start for the Sagamon Valley Storm, and we'll start with their quarterback, Jagger Hill. He's two for six throwing the ball for 66 yards, six attempts for 20 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Jason Coleman has five attempts for 16 yards. It is Cameron Luna, four attempts for 15 yards. Also, Aiden Lynch, one carry for a negative two yards. Brody Beals has three carries for two yards. It was also Grant Moran had one carry for negative five yards. And then finally, it was Colin Kramer with two catches for 66 yards. Uh, Sangamon Valley did have two penalties for 15 yards there in that first half. For the Cumberland Pirates, it was all the Blake McMeekin show. 13 carries, 189 yards, and three touchdowns in that first half. Homestead 0 for 2 throwing the ball. Those came at the very end of the half. He's 3 for 16 running the ball. As it is Kaiser with four carries for three yards. One turnover for the Pirates. And Cumberland, 2 for 15, two penalties for 15 yards for Cumberland. As we also have Sangamon Valley with three first downs, two on the ground, one through the air. Cumberland has six first downs. All of them have come on the ground. So the Pirates lead 21-7, to but Sangamon Valley is going to take all that momentum into the half based off the end of that first half. As it was all Sangamon Valley there at the end, able to put some points on the board and the shutout and try and complete here in the second half. Again, Sangamon Valley will have the football to start the second half. So we will see how that goes coming up here in just a little bit. We are going to step aside. When we come back, we will take a look at our first neighbor bank area scoreboard. You're listening to Cumberland Pirates football on your home for Cumberland Pirates football, WCRA. been keeping folks up to date on all the events in and around Cumberland County since 1857. Wes and Billy Chambers promise to keep that tradition alive at the Toledo Democrat. They're thankful for the opportunity to serve Cumberland County and their work hard.
bring you up to date on the news and events in the area. The Toledo Democrat, your county newspaper, says, let's go, Pirates. Your small business deserves big coverage, and that's what Cuts Insurance and Grinnell Mutual provide. We protect your future and your peace of mind with comprehensive and customized coverages you can rely on to run your business smoothly. Keep your sights set on the future. Trust in tomorrow. Contact Dave Cuts, your local Grinnell Mutual agent at Cuts Insurance today for all your business insurance needs. Trust in tomorrow is a registered trademark of Grinnell Mutual Reinsurance Company. This is the Cumberland Pirates Halftime Report on WCRA. Welcome back here to Sangamon Valley High School and the Scott Building Center Halftime Show. Let's take a look at that first Neighbor Bank area scoreboard, starting with the Lincoln Prairie. Arthur up 21-8 to over Villa Grove. That game in the first quarter at last check. Uh, Mount Carmel 7-0 over Effingham. That game at the half. Carlinville seven nothing over Pena that one at the half as well. It's Shelbyville twenty four to fifteen over Eureka that game says it's in the first quarter, but we'll wait and see on that. Down Stry Valley twenty one to nothing over Clinton at the half. Paxton Buckazota all over Newton forty eight to eight in the second quarter. Um, let's see any other scores for you? Nakomis all over Argenta thirty two to eight. Uh, Taylorville, 14-7 to over Robinson. That game at the half. Lawrenceville, 24-6 to over Red Hill. Charleston, all over Paris, 32 to nothing. That game at the half. It is Tuscola, 21-14 over Carlisle in the first quarter. And it's Ocala Valley. How about this? Sullivan, Ocala Valley, 41-6 to over Arcola. How about that? That is a, a statement message from our uh, from Sullivan there 41 to 6 at the half that is a huge game um for the Lincoln Prairie Conference we talked about it on the starting lineup but you can hear weekdays 11 a.m over on 99 the game as well as download it your favorite place to favorite place to uh you know download podcasts the starting lineup make sure you download follow like and subscribe and uh Cumberland I mean that's who you got next. Next you got Sullivan, and this is a big important game between Sullivan and Arcola tonight because in the Lincoln Prairie in the Lincoln Prairie Conference, you know, with it being a closed conference, you got to, you know, try and, and win as many games as you can, obviously. But if you want a chance at the conference title, you gotta have those tiebreakers. And if Sullivan can pull off that win here tonight, they'll have the tiebreaker uh over Arcola, which is a huge, huge advantage. So um, 41 to six and a half is, is kind of a shocking score, um, actually. So, uh, what a, what a score there at the half as it's been all, all Sullivan, uh, trying to make a statement and get their, get their second win here in Lincoln Prairie. And they showed up to the conference and just put a, put a hurting on everybody, at least early on. So we'll see, we'll see if they can continue that, uh, here tonight. So. But here at Sagamon Valley, it is 21-7, Pirates lead over the storm. We will take another break. When we come back, we will have a look at your uh, keys to the second half, as well as give an early nominee for our country financial Curtis Walker, Lauren Holtop, flat play of the game. Don't miss it. We'll be back in just a moment here on WCRA.
Toledo Democrat. They're thankful for the opportunity to serve Cumberland County and their work hard to bring you up to date on the news and events in the area. The Toledo Democrat, your county newspaper says, let's go, Pirates. Your small business deserves big coverage, and that's what Cuts Insurance and Grinnell Mutual provide. We protect your future and your peace of mind with comprehensive and customized coverages you can rely on to run your business smoothly. Keep your sights set on the future. Trust in tomorrow. Contact Dave Cuts, your local Grinnell Mutual agent at Cuts Insurance today for all your business insurance needs. Trust in tomorrow is a registered trademark of Grinnell Mutual Reinsurance Company. When you have a project to get done and you don't have the equipment you need, try Scott's Building Center in Greenham. Scott's has a rental center where you can rent anything from mini excavators, skid steers, electric jackhammers, utility and dump trailers, plus much more. For a fee, they can also deliver. Call or stop by today and see what all they have to offer. Their staff will help you get the equipment you need and help you with every project you have. So don't try to do the job without the right equipment. See Scott's Building Center on Route 40 in Greenham. If where you work just isn't working anymore, it's time to move up to Evapco in Greenup, where many employees have retired millionaires. Starting wages at Evapco range from $16.90 per hour to $22 per hour based on skills and experience. And life insurance is free. Receive profit sharing twice a year and enjoy exceptional health benefits like medical, dental, and vision insurance, along with a prescription drug plan. Evapco is looking for assembly mechanics, welders, machine operators, and general laborers. Make the move to Evapco. Apply at jobs.evapcomw.com. Equal opportunity employer this is the cumberland pirates halftime report on wcra here to sangamon valley high school early candidates for my play of the game has to be that fourth down stop by the pirate defense early in that first quarter really changed the momentum now cumberland you know was able to or wasn't able to cash in. They had to punt the ball away themselves, but uh, uh, or fumble it away, I should say. Um, but that that stop on fourth down was definitely a, a big moment because Sagamon Valley was moving the ball. It was the first time they kind of moved the ball all night up to that point. So that's my early nominee for the country financial, Curtis Walker, Lauren Huffle, Staff Clap, play of the game. While we're at it, I want to thank our sponsors for making this and every game possible. Scott's Building Center. Of course, you're listening to Scott's Building Center. Halftime show, Evapco Midwest, First Neighbor Bank of Toledo, Country Financial, Curtis Walker, Lauren Holstapple, Clap, Cuts Insurance, Gentry Small Engine Repair, Coffee and Creams, Neil Tire Toledo. Of course, if you're listening online at fmradio.com, you're listening to the Neil Tire Toledo stream over there at fmradio.com, and the Toledo Democrat. Thanks to all of them for their support of Cumberland Pirate football, not just tonight, but all season long. Greatly, greatly appreciated. We would not be up here in Sagamon Valley doing this game tonight if it wasn't for the support of our great, great sponsors who support Cumberland Pirate Athletics. So the Pirates will try and, and seal this victory a little bit closer than last week at halftime. Last week at halftime, Pirates were up 44 to nothing. It's just a two-score game here, 21-7. And with Sagamon Valley getting the ball to start the second half, it's definitely uh, imperative for the Pirates to defense to show up and, and make some stops here. Because otherwise, I mean, you could make it a seven-point game at this point if you're Sangamon Valley. And I think that's what the uh, Storm want to try and do. Storm want to try and get some points on the board. 
on this, their first drive of the second half. And we'll see if they can do that here in just a moment. Now, I did see a Sangamon Valley player on the sideline. That was Kramer, I believe. Yes, getting worked on. Don't know if it's uh, cramping or, or what the case. Remember, don't forget that this Sangamon Valley team, you know, yes, they played against Tri-County last week, but they did it over two two days um, due to the weather, uh, not the heat, but the storms that rolled through. So they had to play the, the, the rest of the game on Saturday after starting it on Friday. So this will be their first full game of the season where they've played it all at once. We'll see if that affects them as well as we get set to begin here in just a moment. And it will be Sangamon Valley football. And if you're Sangamon Valley, I have to wonder, do you go to the air more in the second half? I mean, it seemed to work. And I don't know if it worked because it caught the Pirates by surprise or, you know, just what the deal was. But you, you, it's something I think you have to consider if you're Sangamon Valley and, and you know, uh, Coach Spath, do, do you go more to the air? Hill has shown he can throw the ball. He can run around if he needs to. Um, I know the Pirates are getting pressure on you, but they're going to get that pressure on you even if you're running it too. So that, to me, is going to be one of the keys to the second half here, and that is what the Sangamon Valley offense does coming out of this this halftime on their first drive of the second half. If they go to the air, the Pirates may be in trouble. They haven't had to defend that. And talking to Coach pregame and, and after last week's game and, and midweek, you know, I don't think that's something that they really kind of expected to have to really guard is, is the pass. They expect the Sangamon Valley to, to run the football most of the time. And so maybe this is a new wrinkle for the Sangamon Valley offense that, you know, they can – get out here and throw the ball a little bit. And if you're Cumberland, you know, do you, I, I don't know if I want to say, do you start passing the football because you haven't needed to. Yes. You threw up the two passes at the end of the half. Uh, both were tipped away um, a little short on them, but uh, I, I think you keep going with the run until the run doesn't get you anything anymore. Blake McMeekin is putting up a monster game. I mean, he's got already 187 yards on the night in just a half, yeah, 189 yards. That's more than he got all of last week in just a half. So I'm, I wouldn't stray too far away from the run, but I mean, I definitely think the play action pass is available. If it's there, um, why not take a look at it? The problem is, is the two passes that Cumberland has attempted, you, you threw both of them to McMeekin. So yeah, you have to get it. And, and that's the thing that worries me about this pirate team. And that is, can you get more people involved on the offense? Because Blake was great last week, great, you know, tonight. Kaiser was great last week. Not so much tonight. It has been the Blake Meekin show. And, I mean, you can't expect him to come out and get 189 yards and a half every game. That's just – that's not going to happen, especially when you look at next week, taking on Sullivan, a Sullivan team that right now is beating down Arcola, like I said, 41-6, to but last check on the first neighbor Bank of Toledo area scoreboard. It was all – Sullivan so I definitely think you got to get more weapons going on offense you got to get more players involved on the offensive side of the football and uh, hopefully the Pirates can do that as we start the second half here in just a moment as it will be Sangamon Valley football it will be Cumberland it will be Sangamon Valley traveling left to right on your radio dial again glad you're with us whether you're listening on WCRA online at fmradio.com or maybe you've downloaded the FDM radio app. However, you may be listening to Cumberland Pirate Football. We greatly appreciate you joining us here on this beautiful Friday evening. Neville will be kicking it off for the Pirates. 
Kramer will be back to return. He's going to stand at about the 15-yard line. Lynch is also back there as well as Neville goes through his kick routine. And we're, we wait on the whistle. There it is. And there's the kick. It's a low line drive kick. It's going to bounce and be picked up at about the 18-yard line. That's where the return will set up for Kramer. And he's going to be brought down about the 32. And that's where Sangamon Valley will take over the storm. First and 10, ball in their own 32. And again, we saw the offense for Sangamon Valley really have success through the air in that final drive of the half. I'm going to be very interested to see if they try that as well or do the Pirates make adjustments and be leery of that. If this Sangamon team can throw the passing game in with their rushing attack, it could be a very difficult second half for the Pirates. Come out in the wing tee for Hill. Wing tee, two wide receivers for Hill. They move one man in motion. Going to fake it to the motion man. Say he's going to hand it off up the middle looking for some running room. Stood up was Coleman and he'll fight forward for a gain of about uh, four four yards by Coleman bring up second down second about six McGinnis with another tackle here tonight he's been busy on the defensive side of the football second about six now for Sagamon Valley ball on their own 36 line up wing T again it's Coleman out there He's going to move in motion. He'll get the pitch as the motion man, and he's going to be brought down just outside the 41. Still short of the first. But it'll be a gain of about four for Coleman. He's got two runs each for four here. Brings up a third and one for the Storm. Mount Valley trying to keep this. Drive going, build off that positive momentum they had to end the first half. Wing T again. Coleman's going to move in motion again. They're going to fake it to Coleman, hand it off on the left side this time, and it'll be enough for the first down. Gain of about five. And that was Lappy, his first carry of the night. Gets them five and a first down for the Storm. It'll be first and ten, Sangamon Valley. Ball at their own 45. As the storm. Trying, like we said, carry that positive momentum. I'm a big believer in Uncle Mo, the momentum. As Hill audibles at the line, going to move one man in motion. That's Lappy, fakes to Lappy, hands it off to Coleman, looking for a running room. Nope, brought down behind the line of scrimmage. And that was McGinnis. Another big tackle. It'll lead to a loss of two on the carry from Coleman. He'll set up a second and 12. Again, just having a big night on the defensive side. As it'll be second down. Second and 12. Wing T again for the storm. Hill. Lappy running back on the right-hand side. He's going to move in motion. Hand off to Luna up the middle. No. Yep. And he's going to be brought down for a loss by a host of Pirates. Forward progress will make the loss that looks like about one. Actually, going to say Hill kept it himself. I couldn't see. I just saw a mass of bodies. So it'll be third and 13 for Sangamon Valley. 
third and 13 here for Sagamon Valley, trying to keep this opening drive alive. Again, we'll see if they go to the air here to the storm. They'll come out wing T. Lappy and Coleman are the wing backs. Luna is the fullback. And we got a penalty flag. And it'll be a false start. on Sangamon Valley. Sangamon Valley jumped. Gonna be another five yard penalty. Makes three penalties for 20 yards tonight for Sangamon Valley and makes it a lot harder third down. It'll be about third and 16 or 17. I think if you're pirate, the Pirates here, you have to card against the pass at this point. Sagamon Valley wing T again. Lappy and Coleman are the wing backs. Luna is the deep back looking to throw with Hill. Hill under pressure. Going to step up. Rolls out to his right. Still going to roll. And he's going to go out of bounds at about the 50. He's going to get half of what they needed. There is a flag, though, on the field. And we'll wait and see what that penalty is. It'll be a hold on Sagamon Valley. We'll see if the Pirates accept it. They will. Another hold on Sangamon Valley. And that will be a 10-yard penalty. So another that's four penalties for 30 yards tonight. And that will be make it third and 25 for the storm. You have to think they're going to throw it here with Hill looking downfield to run as well. They'll come wing T. Once again, Lappy and Coleman, the wing backs. Lappy's going to move in motion from right to left. They fake it to Lappy, looking to throw it as Hill. Hill going to step up, throws it across the middle, and it's incomplete, and they're going to get a penalty flag on the Pirates. He was looking for Moran. Gerhardt was there with the defense, and they may have said he got to him just a moment too soon. It will be pass, pass interference on the Pirates. So it'll still be third down. It won't be an automatic first because of where Sagamon Valley was. But it'll make it a much more manageable third down for Sagamon Valley. I mean, manageable in that it'll be third and 11 after a 15-yard penalty. So it'll be third and 11 for the Pirates. As we're going to move a man in motion. They're going to hand it off to Coleman on the pitch. Coleman's got some running room, got some blockers in front of him, and he's going to be pushed out of bounds inside Pirate territory, short of the first, though. Give him about eight. And it'll be third down, or fourth down. Fourth and about three for Sangamon Valley inside Pirate Territory. So I think you got to go for it here. Of course, you're Sangamon Valley. Fourth and three. This Pirate defense was in position, but that penalty will keep the drive alive. And now a big run has a manageable fourth and three. Hill, once again, wing T, Lappy on the right side, Coleman on the left, Luna the deep back. Going to move Coleman in motion, left to right. Hill looking to run it himself. He's going to be close to the first. 
wait and see on the spot. He's going to be right there. I don't know. Um, first down. First down. Um, so Sangamon Valley will get the first down. That is their fifth of the night. And they keep this drive going. Again, we mentioned momentum at the end of that first half and how important it was for the Pirate defense to keep them out of the end zone. Those two big pass plays at the end of the first half have really come back to bite the Pirates. Now it'll be first and ten. Ball on the 44. And move Lappy in motion. Hand it off to Coleman. Looking for some running room on the left-hand side. He's going to be swallowed up by the Pirate defense. Loss of one for Coleman. Logan Gerhardt got in there with the stop and making up for the penalty a little bit with the loss of one, making second and 11. Ball will be on the 46-yard line of the Pirates. Sangamon Valley has had the ball this entire quarter. There's 7.14 left to go. Pirates lead 21-7, to but Sangamon Valley trying to cut into that lead. I'll come out again, wing T. Lappy's going to move in motion right to left. Handoff will go to Coleman, kind of on a little bit of a reverse, but Coleman's not going to get a whole lot of yardage. Maybe back to the original line of scrimmage, give him maybe a, a yard. Makes it third down. Third down, about third and ten, it looks like. Ball on the 45. On the Cumberland 45. Pirates going to try and make a stop here, but you have to think you're in four-down territory if you're Sangamon Valley. Sangamon Valley lines up again. Wing T, this time though the fullback Luna is lined up in the slot receiver on the left-hand side. Now he's going to empty the backfield, and we got a penalty flag. And it'll be a false start on Sangamon Valley. They emptied the backfield there with the motion, double motion basically, but uh, the penalty will push him back five. So now it'll be third and 15, ball on the 50. I still think you're in four down territory, especially depending on what you gain on this one. But you have to try and get some positive yards here if you're Sangamon Valley. Again, third and 15, ball on the 50. Pirate defense going to try and stand tall. Force him into another fourth and long if possible. Come out wing T. Move one man in motion. They'll fake it to the motion man. Looking to throw. Under pressure. Gets it up. It's going to be tipped and almost intercepted. Oh, that one possibly could have been intercepted. Cade McNeekin was all over it. He read it. And unfortunately, it'll fall incomplete. And it will be fourth down. Fourth and 15. And with no gain on that one, I think we'll see a punt here from Sagamon Valley. So we'll look and see. It looks like we will be lining up for a punt. So it will be a punt here from Sagamon Valley. And now we got whistles. And a false start on Sagamon Valley. Moving back five more. That's now six penalties for 40 yards. So we'll get fourth again. And this time it'll be fourth and 20. 
and Cumberland will be lined up to receive the punt. There's the snap. There's the kick. The high kick. Decent depth, but not very deep. It'll bounce and roll. Take a Sagamon Valley roll down to about the 31-yard line. So it was a high punt. It hit the ground at about the 36, and it'll be down at the 31. And that's where the Pirates will take over. First and 10 Cumberland on their own 31. So the Pirate defense able to make the stop here with 5.32 left to go third quarter. They lead 21-7. to As Cumberland will come out, high formation. Two receivers on the right-hand side. McNeekin is the deep back with Kaiser. And the fullback, Ian Olmstead. They're going to take the snap, handoff, looking for McNeekin. McNeekin looking for a hole. He's got a big one. He's going to go to the outside. He's going to cut back up field. He's to the 45, to the 40. He's going to be tripped up by Coleman at about the 42-yard line. Check that, 36-yard line. But McNeekin's down. He's holding his leg. That is not a good sign if you are Cumberland. It was a 33-yard gain is what we'll say. And a first down for the Pirates as McMeekin will head off the field under his own power. I think he'll head, I think he just pulled something when he was tripped up by Coleman. And this is what I talked about now. What do you do if you're this Cumberland offense? Because so much of your offense depends on Blake McMeekin. So we'll see. We'll have an answer for that. Olmstead will come out of shotgun. He's got three receivers on the right-hand side. One receiver on the left. That's Harmon. Kaiser in the backfield. Left side. Hands off goes to Kaiser. Looking for running room on the right side. He's going to get it. Gets a block. He's going to cut back up field. He's the 5, 10. Touchdown, Cumberland. Grant Kaiser gets it into the end zone. And that'll be a 36-yard touchdown run by Kaiser. And a Pirate touchdown, just like that. And they, I laid out the challenge of who was going to step up, and it was Grant Kaiser. Goes 36 yards for the Pirate touchdown. That touchdown, of course, brought to you like first neighbor bank of Toledo. <coughs> and now Neville will line up for the extra point. Here with 4.59 left to go, third quarter. Snaps down, kick is up. And that one is short, maybe blocked at the line. So no good on the extra point, but the Pirates lead 27 to 7. We'll be back with more Cumberland Pirate football here on WCRA. At Country Financial, we're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through town. We're part of your community and help support the programs that make our neighborhoods thrive. We take the time to get to know our clients. We know that every situation is unique, and our goal is to understand yours so we can help you be confident about your financial security and your future. Call me, Curtis Walker. Or me, Lauren Holtapple-Clapp at 217-849-3011 to talk about how we can help ensure the future you're dreaming of is something you can proudly own no matter what it looks like. You're listening to Cumberland Pirates football on WCRA. Welcome back here to Sagamon Valley High School, where the Pirates get on the board again thanks to a Grant Kaiser 36-yard touchdown run. <laughs> Excuse me. And Nebel has the ball teed up, ready to kick it off. There's another kick. It's another decent kick. It'll bounce at about the 25-yard line, picked up at the 20. Here comes the return by Kramer, and he's going to be tripped up and brought down about the 28-yard line. And that's where Sangamon Valley will take over as they try and get some offense back, try and get some momentum back as well. 
So it'll be first and ten for the Storm. Ball on their own 33-yard line. That's where Hill and company will come out. Sangamon Valley has not run a single play out of any other formation than the wing tee tonight. Yes, they've had variations of it. Sometimes they've had no fullback, and sometimes they have had a fullback. But other than that, they've done nothing but wing tee all night. They'll come out in again, wing tee. They move one man in motion. They're going to hand it off to Luna, looking for running room. On the right side, bounces, and he's going to be down after about a one-yard game. As... Luna brought down after about a gain of one. Actually, they're going to give him two. To make it second and eight. Ball is on the 30. Hill comes out again in the wing tee. Got Loppy on the right-hand side. Got a receiver on each side as well. Luna is the deep back. Going to move Loppy in motion. Hand off to Luna again. Looking for running room on the left-hand side. He's got enough for the first and more down to the 45. Gain of 15. Luna with the 15-yard gain and another first down for Sagamon Valley. Actually, they'll say it's a 16-yard gain. As McMeekin was one of those on the play defensively, so he's back out there. Wing T again, looking to throw it as Hill. Hill's going to throw it across the middle, and it's going to be tipped and incomplete. That one was looking for Kramer. As Owen McGinnis getting in there and tapping that ball down. Three forty-eight left to go, third quarter. It's twenty-seven to seven. Pirates lead, second and ten. For Sangamon Valley ball on the own forty-six. Wing T one more time. Two wing backs. That's Luca, the deep back, gonna hand it off to Luca, looking for a running room up the middle. Excuse me, Luna, looking for a running room. Give him about uh, four. Makes it a little bit of a manageable third down, but. We got a player down for Sagamon Valley. As can't see from my vantage point who that is. That may be Luna. He's down. Looks like he is in pain. So we will step aside for a moment. We'll come back here. Those are coming Pirate Football on WCRA. Neil Tyron Auto Service has been serving the community for over 90 years, and they're 100% employee-owned. You entrust your vehicle to their team, and they don't take that lightly. They treat you better than family. The word tire may be in their name, but they offer much more, like diagnostics, brakes, suspensions, and alignments, just to name a few. Nothing beats a Neil deal. Visit them today at 205 East Madison Street in Toledo. Open weekdays till 5 and Saturdays till noon. They wish the best of luck to this year's Cumberland Pirates. Go Pirates! Enjoy the perfect blend at Coffee and Creams in Toledo, your one-stop destination for all things delicious. Craving a rich cup of joe? They have you covered with hot and cold brews, teas, lotus, and specialty sodas. Ask your barista to build one just for you. Hungry? They have breakfast sandwiches, ice cream, pizza, soups, salads, wraps, and even a kid's menu. They really do have all your taste buds in mind. So step into Coffee and Creams in Toledo, where every visit is the perfect blend of deliciousness. Coffee and Creams will be open till 11 on game nights. And players in uniform get free small cones. 
This is Cumberland High School football on 99.5 and 107.7 WCRA. Welcome back here to Sangamon Valley High School. And it was a pitch to Lynch running on the right-hand side. He's able to get enough for the first down. Game about 15 for Lynch. And now we have a Pirate player down on the field. Can't tell from my vantage point who it is. Near sideline. I don't quite know. Like I said, can't tell from my, my vantage point who that is. As Luna was able to, to kind of come over to the sideline under his own power with some help. As it looked like it was kind of an abdominal injury. Kind of lower abdominal, if you know what I'm talking about. Upper hamstring, we'll say, uh, for Luna. But I, I can't tell, like I said, from my vantage point who that player is down on the ground for the Pirates, but he is being tended to. We'll try and get you a number and a name as soon as we can while we have this break in the action for the moment. Let's take a look at our first neighbor bank of Toledo area scoreboard update. As let me refresh my app here to see where we're at. As... No update in that score. Uh, Pena 16-7 over Carlinville, as that was Bierman, Kelby Bierman, who a little shaken up on the play, but he is walking to the sideline under his own power. So Bierman, in fact, he wanted to stay in, and the Cumberland defensive coordinator was like, hey, you got you to get off the field for a moment. It will be a first and ten as the moon rises here at Sangamon Valley. First and 10. Ball in the Cumberland 40. Wing T one more time for Sangamon Valley. Hill takes snap. Quick throw. Right side. Tipped and incomplete. And that is another pass play that the Pirates almost had an interception. They've had a couple of those tonight. Just haven't been able to pull them in. They've been able to tip them, hit them, bounce them around. Have not been able to, to catch them. And that one was incomplete. Brings up second and ten. That was a, a quick two-step drop there for for Hill. He just fired that one in there, and Cumberland tipped it down. Wing T again for Sagamon Valley. They fake the pitch. Going to go the other way with it, and it's going to be brought down. That was Lynch on the carry. And give him about a uh, two-yard loss there for Lynch. So make it third and two for Sangamon Valley. Third and two. Owen McGinnis getting in there in the backfield once again. Name we've said tonight a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Third and about 12 for the Storm. They'll come out again in the wing tee. Pirates lead 27-7. Looking to throw it as Hill. Looking right. Now goes left. Airs it up. It's going to be caught. It's caught. Down inside the 15. Kramer with the big catch. And we'll say it's a, about a 30. We'll say it's a 30-yard pass again to Kramer. And it will be first and 10 Sangamon Valley down on the 12 with 207 left to go third quarter. Hill. Under center, Wayne T again going to move a man in motion, pitches it to the motion man, looking for some running room. That's Lynch. Lynch is going to get to the outside. He's going to get in. Touchdown. Lynch with 
A 12-yard touchdown run by Lynch. And Sagamon Valley will not go away here as they score once again here with 156 left to go in this third quarter. On a 12-yard run by Lynch. That's now they'll line up for the extra point. Try and cut into this Pirate lead one more time. There's snap ball down kick. is up. It's on the way. And it's good. So the extra point is good. That makes it 27 to 14. It's a 13-point game. We'll step aside. We'll come back with more coming Pirate football on WCRA. To take care of your outdoor and lawn care needs. Seasonal tune-ups, engine and machine repairs, and Cub Cadet warrant services, they can help. Working at home in the garage, our parts department covers a variety of brands. Or maybe you're ready for some new equipment. Our showroom features mowers, trimmers, chainsaws, and more from manufacturers including Cub Cadet, Troy Built, DeWalt, and European Forestry Company. Go see them at Gentry Small Engine, located on the north side of the square in Toledo. You're listening to Cumberland Pirates Football on WCRA. Welcome back here to Sangamon Valley High School. With that score, Sangamon Valley has now bested their week one total. Remember, they beat Tri-County 12-8. They're now at 14, but they still trail by 13, 27-14. And again, we'll see if they try and aim that kick at a Cumberland player and try and get a lucky bounce again. That's what they did at the end of the first half. It almost worked for them. We'll see if that's what they try again here on the kick. It'll be Hunter Martin to kick it. Martin will line up for the kick. There's a kick. It will not be a short kick. Instead, it's going to bounce. It'll be picked up by McNeek. Looking for some running room. Coming up the middle. Head full of steam. Right up the middle. He's got some blockers. Breaks one tackle. Tries to break another. He's going to be brought down at the 49-yard line. A big return by Blake McMeekin. They'll be brought down at the Pirate 49. He had the kicker to beat, and unfortunately it was the kicker who brought him down. So the Pirates take over. It'll be first and 10 Cumberland. Ball on their own 49, 48, 49, 49. First and 10 Cumberland. Pirates try and respond with a touchdown of their own, and we're going to get a timeout. It'll be a Sagamon Valley timeout as a coach is, one of, one of the coaches, a coordinator it looks like, is talking to an official. I don't know what the issue is. But now he's talking to an official and pointing at a player, and he's out at midfield. I don't know if it was a contact lens or a mouthpiece or I think something was missing. So I don't know if Sangamon Valley will be officially charged that timeout or not because it was an equipment issue. But the Sangamon Valley coach is not happy. So it will be first and 10 Cumberland, ball on the 49-yard line. 
First and 10, Cumberland from the shotgun. Three wide receivers on the right-hand side. One receiver on the left. Olmstead takes a snap, hands it off to Kaiser. Kaiser looking for some running room, trying to bounce outside. Now he's behind the line of scrimmage, breaks away from one tackle, breaks away from another, still on his feet, and finally he's going to be pushed out of bounds after a gain of about eight. Eight-yard gain by Kaiser, but we got another Pirate player down on the ground. Can't see from my vantage point who that is. And another injured Cumberland player is on his belly. Now he'll roll over onto his back. I'm going to speculate on who that might be. Can't see from my vantage point. Another pirate player down. This is now the third pirate we've seen go down here tonight. As Blake McNeekin went down earlier. Kelby Spearman went down earlier. Those players have gotten back up. I, I didn't see Beerman on the last play, but that doesn't mean he won't be in. And it looks like a leg injury. And that's Alan Darling, one of the senior linemen for the Pirates. And he'll be helped to the sideline. So it will end up being a gain of about eight. We'll make it second and two for Cumberland. They're inside Sagamon Valley territory. And their lineman gets helped to the sidelines. And Cumberland will have the ball here with 137 left to go in the third quarter. They lead 27-14. They're going to convert for a first. I formation for the Pirates behind Olmstead. Olmstead going to hand it off to McMeekin. Looking for some running room on the left-hand side. Gets a block and another. He's going to be brought down, but he's going to get enough for the first. Does McMeekin give him a gain of five. Another first down for the Pirates. Down to the 38-yard line of Sagamon Valley. And for Cumberland, you can just kind of take your time. Milk, they'll line up wishbone again. Beerman's in the backfield along with McMeekin and Kaiser behind Olmstead. Takes snap, hands it off to McMeekin. He goes head first into the pile. And he'll come out the other side with a gain of five. Does McMeekin. His 16th carry of the night. They get second and five for the Pirates. As Cumberland will have a second and five here down at the 32-yard line. And again, you're not in a hurry if you're Cumberland. You lead less than a minute to go now in the quarter. Olmstead lines up wishbone again. Hand it off McMeekin again, running to the right side. Going to get a block, another one, and he's going to spin out of bounds. But he's going to get enough for the first. Yeah, and about the 25-yard line, it will be a first down. I'll say it's a 10-yard game. Eighth first down of the night for the Pirates. It'll be first and 10 Cumberland, ball on the 25-yard line of Sagamon Valley. Cumberland will come out. I formation this time, 11.4 seconds left. The clock stops, he's out of bounds. 
high formation. Going to hand it off to McMeekin. Almost got tripped up in the backfield. Going to break away from one tackle. He'll be brought down to 20. So another five-yard gain. All right, so just keep pounding it, and that'll do it. End of the third quarter. Cumberland leads 27-14. We'll be back with the final quarter of action here in just a moment. You're listening to Cumberland Pirate Football on your home, Cumberland Pirate Football, WCRA. Share the road during harvest season. Cuts Insurance and Grinnell Mutual want your help protecting our hardworking farmers. While they're hard at work, let's keep their safety in mind while traveling our roadways. Slowing down and paying attention helps keep everyone safe. Together, we can trust in tomorrow. Contact Dave Cuts, your local Grinnell Mutual agent at Cuts Insurance today for all your insurance needs. Trust in tomorrow is a registered trademark of Grinnell Mutual Reinsurance Company. You're listening to Cumberland Pirates Football on WCRA. Welcome back to Sagamon Valley High School. It's the final quarter of play as the Pirates lead 27-14. It's a 13-point game, but the Pirates are on the drive. They'll have it second and five, ball on their own 20. Or excuse me, ball on the Sagamon Valley 20 as we flip ends of the field. It will be Cumberland going left to right on your radio dial. And again, if you're Cumberland, don't be in a hurry here. Use some clock. As long as you keep moving forward, I think you're in good shape if you're Cumberland. But, again, don't be in a hurry. Don't hurry up. Just keep driving that football. Just keep pounding it in there. As you're up 13, another touchdown here and an extra point, or even if you want to go for two, would really go a long way in helping – Try and seal up this win here. It's going to be the second and five. As Chang Gang having some trouble on the far side of the field, they'll get it sorted out. It'll be second and five, ball in the 20. As Cumberland will come out high formation, making the deep back. Going to get the pitch on the left side. Looking for some running room. Good block. That's another good block, and he's going to fall forward. Got enough for the first down. And it looks like another 10-yard gain for McNeekin. And another Pirate first down. That's nine of them on the night. First and 10 for the Pirates. Ball on the 11-yard line. Here's we start the fourth quarter of play. Wishbone for Cumberland once again. Olmstead gonna hand it off again to McMeekin. Balls on the ground. Balls on the ground, and it's gonna be Sagamon Valley football. They didn't get the handoff correct, and it'll be another turnover on the Pirates. Their second of the game. Another fumble. Cumberland had two turnovers last week. The good thing was they were able to force two. Haven't forced any turnovers tonight. And Sagamon Valley will take over. It'll be first and 10, Sagamon Valley on their own 11. So a lot of work in front of the storm. But a touchdown here, again, will go a long way in getting back into this thing. It's a 13-point game right now. Hill. As we have some confusion. They're hurrying up. Still in the huddle. 
trying to avoid the delay of game. They're hurrying. They're going to get to the line. Going to move one man in motion. And they're going to pitch it to the motion man. He's going to go forward. And that was, again, a five by Lappy. Give him a gain of five. I'll be on the 20. Second and five for Sagamon Valley. As the storm. Try to claw their way back into this thing. Come on again in the wing tee. Pull back behind the quarterback, Hill. That's Luna behind him. Looking to throw is Hill. Hill's going to throw it left side. Ball's up in the air. It's going to be caught by Kramer. Kramer with another big catch. And he's going to be down at about the 49-yard line. We'll say that is for about 25 yards. And unfortunately, it's just a height disadvantage. For McNeekin, unfortunately. Wing T again for Hill. Going to pitch it this time to Coleman. Coleman looking for some running room right side. Now he's going to cut back up field, and he's met right in the line of scrimmage by the Pirates. That was Owen McGinnis getting in there on the tackle. No gain. McGinnis having a big night tonight. As Sangamon Valley will take over second and 10 for the Storm. Ball on their own 49-yard line. Sangamon Valley will come out wing T again. Move one man in motion. Face it to the motion man. Now he's going to hand it off to that's Brody Beals, and he's going to fight forward. Give him about, uh, we'll say, five. Beals and get third down. Third and about four. Third and four. Four Sangamon Valley. Wing T again. Kramer, the receiver on the left hand side. We'll keep an eye on him. Quick pass over to Kramer. Tips at the line, and it's going to fall incomplete. So it'll be fourth down. So obviously you're at the 45-yard line, the Pirate 45. You're going to go for it here on fourth at about three or four, depending on how you want to look at it. Obviously you're going to go for it here if you're Sagamon Valley. No reason not to. You trail by 13. Wing T again for Hill. They move one man in motion. Going to keep it himself as Hill. He's going to fight forward. I think he got enough. I hear whistles. I'm waiting on a call. Waiting on a call. I believe that will be enough for a first down. They're going to say short. They switched out balls. Are we going to get a measurement? I don't know. I see two officials talking.
I'm still waiting on an official call. I haven't seen one yet. And it'll be a turnover on downs. It'll be a turnover on downs. We will not get a measurement even. And I don't know about that. Now, hold on. For my own comfort, I'd like to see a measurement. But we're not going to get it. We're just going to say it's a turnover on downs. So it's about, it was, they needed four. I guess we'll mark it as three. And I would have liked to have seen a measurement because I thought he got it. From my vantage point, I thought he got it. But we're not going to get a measurement or anything. Hmm. 13-point game You'd like in the fourth quarter. You'd like to see a measurement there just to make sure it's all good. But I guess I think they're going to call a Sangamon Valley timeout on that. I, I'm, so now I don't know if this is one or two timeouts now Sangamon Valley has taken. It will be Pirate football, ball on their own 42-yard line. And now we have another whistle. And we have a Cumberland player going to the sideline. An equipment issue, possibly. I don't know. Some sort of issue. I don't know. A, a Pirate player ran to the sideline. Now another player will come out for the Pirates. Don't know what the issue was, but it will be first and 10 Cumberland. Now there's an issue with Sangamon Valley, and they couldn't get off the field. So that's too many men on the field. McNeekin will get the free play. It'll be a run on the left side. And we got a, more whistles and another flag, and I think there were too many men on the field for Sangamon Valley. It will be a six-yard run by McNeekin. Too many men on the field for Sagamon Valley. And I think Cumberland will decline it. They'll give McNeek in the six. Nope, they're going to erase the six. And we're going to mark off the penalty, which will actually only give them five. So I don't know why you do that. I mean, it's going to make it at first and five. Ball will be on the Cumberland 47-yard line. This has just turned into a, a wacky one here in Sangamon Valley. I formation. Or Olmstead. Guys are McNeekin behind him. Going to hand it off McNeekin. McNeekin running to the right side. He's going to be tripped up from behind. Inside of Storm Territory, down to the 49. So give McNeekin about uh, three on that one. That'll make it second down and about two to go. 
fall just on the Sagamon Valley side of the 50. There were eight minutes left to go in this ball game. Cumberland up 27 to 14. Wishbone here on second down for the Pirates. Hand off. Goes McMeekin again. He's going to get enough for the first down and more. Give him another first down. And get him up about uh, seven yards there on that one. And another Pirate first down. They're tenth of the night. First and ten Cumberland ball on the 42-yard line. As Cumberland will come out, shotgun, three receivers on the left-hand side, one on the right. Olmstead, shotgun, and a hand it off to Kaiser. Nope, he's going to keep it himself as Olmstead. Olmstead to the 40, 35, he's going to go out of bounds. About the 35, 34-yard 30, line. So they'll give him a game of about eight by Olmstead on the quarterback keeper. So they'll make it second and two, fall in the 34. That was an option keeper there by Olmstead. As again, shotgun for the Pirates. Kaiser, right hand side. Side Olmstead. Three receivers on the left hand side. Four Olmstead takes snap. This time he will hand it off to Kaiser. Kaiser looking for some running room on the left. He's got it. He's got a big gain. That'll be enough for the first down. He's going to be down to the 21 yard line. I will say it's a 12 yard gain by Kaiser. And another first down. 11th first down of the night for the Pirates. And again, at this point, you're just draining clock if you're Cumberland. Stay in bounds. Keep moving forward. Ball will be on the 21-yard line. First and 10 for the Pirates. Closing out seven minutes left to go in the game. High formation. For Cumberland. McMeekin in the backfield. Going to take the pitch. Left side. Going to cut back upfield. Now he's going to go to the outside. Still fighting his way through the defense. He's going to be brought down after a first down, down to the 10. We'll say that that gets them into the inside the 10, down to the 9. Give it a 13-yard gain, another first down. That's the 22nd carry of the night for McMeekin, and it'll be first and goal Cumberland. Wishbone, we're almost dead. Hands off, give it to McMeekin again. And this time he dives into the pile. Give him about four on that one. Make a second goal. Ball on the six. Cumberland, again, just tries to drain this clock and get out of Sagamon Valley with a victory. Second and goal from the six. Six minutes left to go. 27-14, Pirates lead. Wishbone again for Cumberland. 
Going to hand it off this time to Beerman, and he's going nowhere. You get a loss of about uh, two on the direct snap. So loss of two, make it third and goal. Third and goal for Cumberland. Ball on the eighth. Less than five and a half left to play here in this ball game. 27-14, Cumberland Lee. High formation for the Pirates. Two receivers on the right-hand side. McNeekin is the back, the deep back. Pitches it out to McNeekin. Looking for a running room on the right-hand side. Got a couple of flags. McNeekin trying to get close to the end zone. He's close. But I did see a penalty flag in the backfield. That's usually in the area of a hold. And it will be a hold. That will bring that one back. On the hold. Fourth penalty of the night for the Pirates. Now you got a long third. It'll be third and goal from the 18. Check that that's a 10-yard penalty. So third and goal here if you're Cumberland. Do you just run it? Do you attempt to pass here? That's a, a tricky situation to be in. Olmstead 0 for 2 throwing the ball. He's 0 for, or he's, yeah, he's 0 for 3 on the season throwing the football. High formation. McMeekin is a deep back. He's going to fake the handoff, play action, throws it up. It's going to be caught by Kaiser. Kaiser looking for running room. He's going to get close. He's on the far side of the field. And it will be a fourth down, but we'll give him about six. Excuse me. About six. Uh, Fifteen. 15 there by Kaiser on the pass. It'll be fourth and goal. Ball on the three here with four minutes left to go. Obviously, you're going to go for it here. Fourth and three, basically. Fourth and goal from the three. I think you go for it here. Try and put this game away now, but you let that clock wind down. Maybe take the timeout. I think that's what Coach is going to do. As we're going to get a timeout. Yep, timeout Cumberland. Here at 341 left to go. They lead 27-14. It'll be a fourth and goal from the three when we come back. Here you're listening to Cumberland Pirate Football on WCRA. Cumberland Football is here again. The First Neighbor Bank is there. It's nothing better than home field advantage. That's why we offer basic checking with no monthly service charge, along with interest-bearing checking for both consumers and businesses. It's a wide array of personal consumer, business, and agriculture loans. All the way from home, pay from anywhere with First Neighbor's online banking and mobile app. First Neighbor Banking, Green up in Toledo, FirstNeighborBank.com. An equal housing lender member of FDIC. All loans subject to credit approval. Now, enjoy the game, and let's go Pirates. Well, I like the way this game is going right now. This is Cumberland High School Football on 99.5 and 107.7 WCRA. Welcome back to Sagamon Valley High School. Pirates have a fourth and goal from the three. I mean, 
yes, you would like the point. But even if you can't convert it here, you're pinning Sacramento Valley way back in their own territory. So there's no reason not to go for it here unless you, you think you can make the field goal. I mean, it's about the same distance as an extra point um, from Nebel. He's been pretty good this year. I think he just missed one, and that last one was blocked, or at least tipped. But it looks like the Pirates will be going for it here. Fourth and goal from the three. Carmelo will line up high. Nope, they're going to come out shotgun. Shotgun for Olmstead. Take the snap. Going to pitch it out to McNeekin. He's going to lower his shoulder. He's going to get in. Touchdown, Cumberland. Blake McNeekin lowered his shoulder, ran over a defender. And it's his fourth touchdown of the night. With 3.36 left to go. It was a three-yard touchdown run by McNeekin as we await the extra point. Nebel will line up for the extra point. There's snap ball down, kick up, almost blocked, and he got it away, and it's good. So the extra point is good. Make it 34-14. to 14. It's a 20-point game with 3.36 left to go here in Sangamon Valley, and that whole drive was set up by the fourth down play. That the Pirate defense stopped. We didn't get a measurement on it, and that's what, what started that whole drive for the Pirates. They were able to cash in with points. And sometimes you just sometimes you just do what you can with the opportunities presented to you. And that was the opportunity that the Pirates were given, and they cashed in with some points. As Cumberland, as we said, leads 34-14, to 20-point game, 3.30 left to go in the ballgame. Neville has the ball teed up. He's ready to kick. There's the kick. It's a low kick. It'll go to Kramer. Kramer trying to set up the return. He's at the 20. Going to bounce back to the center of the field at the 30. 25, and he's going to be brought down at about the 29-yard line. Just trying to set up something, but unfortunately the blocks just weren't there, and it will be first and 10 at the 29-yard line. And that's where Sagamon Valley will take over. We've seen the Storm have some success with throwing the football, and I think you have to start getting that way with Sagamon Valley of throwing the ball up. If you're going to have a shot at it, you're down by 20. you got to get some quick scores here with 3.30 left to go in the ballgame. And not a whole lot of timeouts. You have that minimum two. At most, two. Minimum one. Gonna wing T pitches it outside. Phil Lappy. And he's... Going to fight forward for about a five-yard gain. His third carry of the night. He's got five yards on each of them. There'll go no huddle. No huddle. For Sangamon Valley, wing T again. Take snap, looking to throw. Left, now coming back to the left. He's hit as he throws it. It's going to be tipped and incomplete. Like McMeekin got up there. And tipped it away from Kramer. Good defense right there by McMeekin. First one all night. He's been able to kind of jump up and get. He timed it right. And that'll make it now third down. 
Learned about six. Obviously, I think you're in four-down territory here the rest of the way if you're second on Valley. Third down. Third and five for Sangamon Valley. Wing T again. Going to move Coleman in motion. They fake it to Coleman on the motion. So they're going to hand it off up the middle. Bounce to the left side and brought down. That was Lappy on the carry. Gain of about three. And that will bring up fourth down. Fourth and about two. They'll go no huddle again. Hill looking to scan the field. He's under pressure. Gets away from it. Still under pressure. Just going to throw it up. And it's going to be incomplete. Tipped away across the field. Came across the middle. He was trying to get to Kramer. And unfortunately, it was tipped by the Pirates. That'll be a turnover on downs. Logan Gerhardt got in there and tipped it. Across the middle. Again, one of a, a couple balls that possibly could have and maybe should have been intercepted tonight. But... You had to do it if you were Sagamon Valley. I don't know about the no huddle call, but you had to go for it. And said it'll be first and 10 Cumberland now on the 36 here with 2.27 left to go in the ballgame. 34-14. Cumberland will come out shotgun. Four wide. Kaiser running back on the right-hand side beside Olmstead. Takes a snap. I'm going to hand it off to Kaiser. Kaiser trying to stiff arm a defender. He does stiff arm that defender. Now he's going to get upfield. Cuts back to the right side. Still on his feet. And finally brought down at about the 10-yard line. Kaiser with a big run. And we'll say it is a 20-yard run right there by Kaiser. And another first down for the Pirates here with 2.10 left. It will be first and goal from the nine for Cumberland. As Cumberland step up to the line, they'll hand it off to Kaiser again. He'll break one tackle, and he will get into the end zone. And the Pirates score again with a minute 50 left. A nine-yard touchdown run. By Kaiser here with a 150 left to go in the ball game, and of course that touchdown, every Cumberland Pirates touchdown, is brought to you by First Neighbor Bank Toledo. As Nebel will line up for the extra point. There's snap ball down, kick is up, it's on the way, good. So the extra point is good here with a 150 Pirates lead, a 41 to 14. We will step aside for 30 seconds to be back with more Criminal Pirate Football on WCRA. When you have a project to get done and you don't have the equipment you need, try Scott's Building Center in Greenock. Scott's has a rental center where you can rent anything from mini excavators, skid steers, electric jackhammers, utility and dump trailers, plus much more. For a fee, they can also deliver. Call or stop by today and see what all they have to offer. Their staff will help you get the equipment you need and help you with every project you have. So don't try to do the job without the right equipment. See Scott's Building Center on Route 40 in Greenock. This is Cumberland High School football on 99.5 and 107.7 WCRA. Welcome back as Nebel with a squib kick kind of up the middle, and it will be down about the 38-yard line. Nebel, I think, was just trying to, to boot it and end up hitting the top of it accidentally. 
So it will be Sangamon Valley taking over. First and 10 on their own 38-yard line. A minute 48 left to go. As Cumberland with three scores in this second half has kind of put this one out of reach. Sangamon Valley will come to the line. Wing T again. Kramer, the receiver on the left-hand side. Hill, under center, takes a snap. He's looking to throw. He's going to roll out. He's under pressure. Just going to chuck that one up there. It's going to be caught by Kramer. Kramer's got it. He's going to be forced out of bounds at about the 25-yard line. So a big, big gain. We'll say it's about uh, 35 on the catch by Kramer, who's had a big night. He's got all catches for Sangamon Valley. They'll come to the line. No huddle. Got to pitch it out to the right-hand side and tripped up after a gain of about two. That was the lynch on the carry. There is a penalty flag on the play. That'll be a hold on Sangamon Valley, so we'll erase that one. They'll mark it off, a 10-yard penalty. That is the eighth of the night on Sagamon Valley, 55 yards. So it will be first and 20 here with just 90 seconds left to go in the ballgame. 41-14. 41-14, Pirates lead. Hill, under center, Winky again, looking to throw, looking right. Scrambles to the right. Scrambles right. It's just going to lob it up there. It's towards the end zone. It's going to be incomplete. Let his man a little too far there, and that one will fall incomplete. Hill took a shot as he was thrown on that one. Here was 105 left to go, and this has become the how far can Hill throw it? How far can Jagger Hill throw the ball? That's what we're seeing here in the final minute five of this game. as it will be second and 20. If the line can hold, Hill will just try to lob it again in the end zone. Wing T, going to move one man in motion. They'll pitch it instead of the motion man. Ball's on the ground. It's going to be picked up by the Pirates. They tried to pitch it to Coleman, and unfortunately it'll be, or it's a lap, excuse me, and that'll be a turnover. First of the night for Sangamon Valley, and we should just see the Pirates take a couple knees here and get out of here with a victory here with less than a minute to go leading 41 to 14 Hill was trying to pitch it to Lappy and unfortunately just couldn't quite get the pitch to land the Pirates will have it first and 10 on the 43 and again Cumberland will come to the line and they'll take a knee as the Pirates will improve to 2-0 and on the season here. 41-14 to will be our final score. As the Pirates get the win here tonight against Sangamon Valley. So Cumberland has their first road test of the season. And the Pirates get the victory. Again, final score, 41-14. to As we'll take another knee here with 30 seconds left to go. 
<coughs> and that will do it. Pirates get the win here tonight. A big win on the road for the big matchup next week. We will take a break. When we come back, we'll have a look at your stats. We'll have an interview with Coach Watkins. While well, announcing our country financial, Curtis Walker, Lauren Holstaff, the play of the game, will our defensive player of the game as well. You're listening to Cumberland Pirate Football on WCRA. Neil Tire and Auto Service has been serving the community for over 90 years, and they're 100% employee-owned. You entrust your vehicle to their team, and they don't take that lightly. They treat you better than family. The word tire may be in their name, but they offer much more, like diagnostics, brakes, suspensions, and alignments, just to name a few. Nothing beats a Neil deal. Visit them today at 205 East Madison Street in Toledo. Open weekdays till 5 and Saturdays till noon. They wish the best of luck to this year's Cumberland Pirates. Go Pirates! Enjoy the perfect blend at Coffee and Creams in Toledo, your one-stop destination for all things delicious. Craving a rich cup of joe? They have you covered with hot and cold brews, teas, lotus, and specialty sodas. Ask your barista to build one just for you. Hungry? They have breakfast sandwiches, ice cream, pizza, soups, salads, wraps, and even a kid's menu. They really do have all your taste buds in mind. So step into Coffee and Creams in Toledo, where every visit is the perfect blend of deliciousness. Coffee and Creams will be open till 11 on game nights. And players in uniform get free small cones. You're listening to Cumberland Pirates football on WCRA. At Gentry Small Engine Repair in Toledo, you'll find friendly faces waiting to take care of your outdoor and lawn care needs. Seasonal tune-ups, engine and machine repairs, and Cub Cadet warrant services, they can help. Working at home in the garage, our parts department covers a variety of brands. Or maybe you're ready for some new equipment. Our showroom features mowers, trimmers, chainsaws, and more from manufacturers including Cub Cadet, Troy Built, DeWalt, and European Forestry Company. Go see them at Gentry Small Engine, located on the north side of the square in Toledo. At Country Financial, we're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through town. We're part of your community and help support the programs that make our neighborhood thrive. We take the time to get to know our clients. We know that every situation is unique and our goal is to understand yours so we can help you be confident about your financial security and your future. Call me, Curtis Walker. Or me, Lauren Holsapple-Clapp at 217-849-3011 to talk about how we can help ensure the future you're dreaming of is something you can proudly own no matter what it looks like. Windows, doors, siding, and anything in between. Find it all right at Scott's Building Center. Scott's can service your needs with lumber, hand power tools, plumbing, electrical supplies, paints, and stains. Plus, they offer a rental center. Scott's is the largest Milwaukee dealer in the area. Support your local teams with an Orca cooler and chaser with your team's logo. Check out scottsbuildingcenter.com and on Facebook for all their specials and store hours. Proud supporter of the Cumberland Pirates. If where you work just isn't working anymore, it's time to move up to Evapco in Greenup, where many employees have retired millionaires. Starting wages at Evapco range from $16.90 per hour to $22 per hour based on skills and experience. And life insurance is free. Receive profit sharing twice a year and enjoy exceptional health benefits like medical, dental, and vision insurance, along with a prescription drug plan. Evapco is looking for assembly mechanics, welders, machine operators, and general laborers. Make the move to Evapco. Apply at jobs.evapcomw.com. Equal 
opportunity employer. Your small business deserves big coverage, and that's what Cuts Insurance and Grinnell Mutual provide. We protect your future and your peace of mind with comprehensive and customized coverages you can rely on to run your business smoothly. Keep your sights set on the future. Trust in tomorrow. Contact Dave Cuts, your local Grinnell Mutual agent at Cuts Insurance today for all your business insurance needs. Trust in tomorrow is a registered trademark of Grinnell Mutual Reinsurance Company. Summer is winding down, and that means two things at Gentry Small Engine Repair. They're ready to service your outdoor equipment, like chainsaws and leaf blowers. Need repairs, parts, or something shiny and new that can help kick off your season. Go see Gentry Small Engine to get your machines ready for fall and football season. Don't forget to have your generators spruced up and ready to roar for those tricky Illinois winters. Located on the north side of the square in Toledo, Gentry Small Engine is a very proud supporter of Cumberland Pirate football. Welcome in the Cumberland Pirates football postgame show on 99.5-1077 WCRA. At Country Financial, we're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through town. We're part of your community and help support the programs that make our neighborhoods thrive. We take the time to get to know our clients. We know that every situation is unique and our goal is to understand yours so we can help you be confident about your financial security and your future. Call me, Curtis Walker. Or me, Lauren Holsapple-Clapp at 217-849-3011 to talk about how we can help ensure the future you're dreaming of is something you can proudly own no matter what it looks like. Welcome in the Cumberland Pirates football postgame show on 99.5-1077 WCRA. Welcome back here to Sangamon Valley High School as the Pirates get the win here tonight. Final score, 41-14. to 14. Time to look at our Coffee and Creams final stats for tonight. And we'll also announce our country financial Curtis Walker, Lauren Holtz, have a play of the game, as well as our Gentry Small Engine Repair Defensive Player of the Game as well. How did we get here? Well, let's take a look at those numbers. Pirates got on the board first. 21-yard touchdown run from Blake Meekin. 8.42 left to go in the first quarter. Then with 150 left to go in that first quarter, the 55-yard touchdown run by McMeekin made it 14-0 after the first quarter. Then in the second quarter, Cumberland would get a 26-yard touchdown run from Blake McMeekin, make it 21-0, but Sagamon Valley would then score with 14.9 seconds left to go on a one-yard touchdown run by Hill, made it 21-7 at the half. Cumberland will come out and score in that third quarter. A 36-yard touchdown run by Kaiser. Extra point was blocked, so that made it 27-7. to Second Mountain Valley would answer back with a 12-yard touchdown run. That was a touchdown run by Lynch. Made it 27-14. to And then Cumberland in the fourth quarter, two touchdowns. One with 3.36 left to go from three yards out by Blake McMeekin. Made it 34-14. And then with a minute 50 left, it was a nine-yard touchdown run by Kaiser when the extra point made it 41 to 14 and the Pirates get their second win of the season let's take a look at those numbers for the Cumberland Pirates Blake McMeekin 24 carries 287 yards and two touchdowns for the Pirates Olmstead he was five five carries 23 yards one for three throwing the football for 15 yards Kaiser nine carries for 88 yards two touchdowns one catch for 15 yards Bierman, one carry for negative two yards. Cumberland had two turnovers, and they had four penalties. Um, let me double-check here. Yeah, four penalties for 40 yards for the uh, Pirates here tonight. That is your coffee and cream final stats of the game for the Cumberland Pirates. 
for uh, the play of the game. I am going to look at the play of the game. I still think it was that big fourth down stop uh, late in the game. The late in the game fourth down stop that was kind of a questionable call. That will be our play of the game as the Pirate defense is able to stand tall, make the stop there. Uh, again, no no measurement, anything like that. Um, but the Pirates were able to get the win uh, partially because of that. And so that was going to be my uh, Curtis Walker country, uh, <laughs> country financial Curtis Walker, Lauren Holt, Apple Clap play of the game and now it's time to announce our gentry small engine repair defensive player of the game and for that we are going to give that one to owen mcginnis owen mcginnis i felt like was everywhere tonight had two big sacks a couple tip passes as well had a great game did owen mcginnis so owen mcginnis you are our gentry small engine repair defensive player of the game as i see coach making his way up here so we will step aside for 30 seconds and we'll be back to talk with Coach Watkins on this big win here tonight against Sangamon Valley. 41-14, to 14, Pirates get the win. We'll be back in just a second. You're listening to Come on Pirate Football on WCRA. At Country Financial, we're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through town. We're part of your community and help support the programs that make our neighborhoods thrive. We take the time to get to know our clients. We know that every situation is unique and our goal is to understand yours so we can help you be confident about your financial security and your future. Call me, Curtis Walker. Or me, Lauren Holsapple-Clap at 217-849-3011 to talk about how we can help ensure the future you're dreaming of is something you can proudly own no matter what it looks like. The Toledo Democrat has been keeping folks up to date on all the events in and around Cumberland County since 1857. Wes and Billy Chambers promised to keep that tradition alive at the Toledo Democrat. They're thankful for the opportunity to serve Cumberland County and their work hard to bring you up to date on the news and events in the area. The Toledo Democrat, your county newspaper says, let's go Pirates! Welcome in the Cumberland Pirates Football Post Game Show on 995-1077 WCRA. Welcome back. Real quickly before we get to coach, let's get to our first neighbor bank of Toledo area scoreboard update. Arthur 43-35 over Villa Grove. That game in the fourth quarter. Sarah Gordo 10-0 over Tri-County. That game in the half. North Clay, uh, North Max, excuse me, 22-22 with Galipsy. That game tied. In the fourth quarter, Tri-Valley over Clinton, 21-0. That game at the half. Effingham trailing Mount Carmel, 24-21. That game in the fourth quarter. Litchfield over Piasaw, 21-13. At last check in the third quarter. Vandalia got the one over Staunton, 21-7. Pena over Carlinville, 30-20. Lincoln all over Decatur Eisenhower, 46-6. Shelbyville got the win over Eureka, 44-36. Paxton Buckley Loda all over Newton, 55-8. That game is final. Nakomas over Argenta, 46-14. Charleston over Paris, 50-20. That game in the fourth quarter. Uh, Troy Tryon, Mount Zion tied at zero last check. Almond Powell Hutt and Casey tied at zero last check. Muhammad 21 nothing over Highland. Marshall trailing Mawikwa 29 to 14 in the fourth quarter. Tuscola got the win over Carlisle 49 to 30. Taylorville got the win over Robinson 35 to 13. Lawrenceville over Red Hill 32 to 14. Casey over Oblong 63 to nothing. Greenville over Hillsborough 27 to seven. And Sullivan Okaw Valley 54 to six over Arcola. As Coach Watkins joins us here post-game. And, uh, Coach, it looks scary at times out there today. Um, but Cumberland did just enough to get the win and ended up uh, playing some smart football at the end. I know turnovers were once again an issue for the Pirates, two of them tonight. Uh, but a big turnover forcing uh, there at the end of the game kind of sealed the deal. Yeah, that's the first thing 
that's the first thing we talked about on Monday when we got back in it was, you know, the things we got to get better at. And the first thing out of my mouth, my mouth was not turning the football over. Mm-hmm. It was the first thing that was one of our goals coming in tonight was to not turn the football over. We failed miserably at that. Um, and that's the first thing I told the kids at the end of the, you know, in, in the huddle here at the end. I said, we, we set out to accomplish a goal, and that was not turn the football over, not have the penalties. And, and we didn't do that. We didn't execute. Um, and I told the kids, this is gonna, it's gonna bite us in the butt. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't do that stuff. You know, we talked about improving um, things. You know, we gotta get better at. And you know, blocking was one of our backs, receivers, our offensive line. You know, didn't do. I mean, did an okay job last week. But we didn't really see improvement. I didn't, I didn't see that. Our mm-hmm. feet were like stuck in mud sometimes. Um, and again, turning the football over, you cannot do that. You can't have the penalties. You can't shoot yourself in the foot continually and expect to have the same success. So we definitely addressed it. Um, I don't know if it's falling on deaf ears or what, but we've got to get that figured out or it's 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 going to get us. Another big night for Blake McNeekin, 24 rushes, 287 yards, four touchdowns. I saw that he was a little banged up on one of those plays. How is his health? And Beerman, I know, was also banged up. A couple Pirate players a little banged up. After they're both. They're fine. Blake was cramped, and that was his mm-hmm. big thing. He was down a little bit, and he kept cramping. He's like, anytime I run, it, you know, for further than 10 or 15 yards, I'm going to cramp. You know, so it was cramps. Um, Bearman, I think, hit his hand or something, but he, he finished the game and was fine. So those two are, are they're fine. And tell me about this Pirate defense making a couple of big stops uh, in big situations, specifically in the fourth quarter on a, a fourth down uh, there late in the game. Uh, this, this Pirate defense stepped up when it needed to. Are you a little concerned about the passing attack that we saw here tonight and going forward about the Pirate defense uh, defending the pass? Um, yes and no. I mean, basically, they were chucking it up. We knew 12 was their best receiver. We tried to have Blake go wherever he went. Um, Blake's 5'5". Five five. This kid's 6'2", six 6'3". Six um, you know, it's kind of a law up there. I mean, yeah. they're going to get one or two, you know, and they got multiple ones ones tonight. So, um, I mean, as far as kids chucking it up and maybe getting it over Blake, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a concern. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I think, you know, there's things we can do. Like later on, we kind of started playing Beerman. You know, playing in cover two and playing him over the top some to to get there. So um, it's a little bit of a concern, but again, if we can get back, watch film, understand what we need to do to get better. Um, that, that's and that's what we'll do Monday. And it's part of that not expecting uh, Sagamon Valley to come in and and with their formation offensively to throw the ball like they did. It seemed like they had success in the towards the end of that first half by throwing the ball, almost like it was kind of like oh we not we weren't expecting this, but it just wasn't kind of part of the game plan. Well, we I mean we knew if they were going to throw mm-hmm. the ball. I mean, the, they scored two touchdowns last week, and right. it was number 12. He scored right. on a fade, right. and he scored on a slant. Um, and we just, you know, thought we'd put mm-hmm. – I mean, I think Blake's our best corner, oh, in yeah, my yeah. opinion. You know, not the biggest kid. So we were going to say, all right, we're going to roll with our best against your best and see what happens. Um, and we were more concerned about kind of the stuff in between the tackles, mm-hmm. you know, the fullback dive, the option, the counter. You know, and we, we did a pretty good job on that, but that's kind of what we focused on because we knew if they were going to throw the ball, it was basically going to be – Chuck it up to number 12, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what they did. And they were have, they have success with that. Dip your caps to him and, and move on. Uh, my defensive player of the night was Owen McGinnis. It felt like he was everywhere tonight on the defensive end. Had a big uh, sack. I think he actually had two sacks on the night, or a sack and a half, if you want to say it. Uh, definitely, you know, one of those players, a sophomore, a lineman. We usually don't talk a lot about the lineman, but I thought he did a great job tonight getting in there on some of those tackles. He does, and he normally does. And I think last year as a freshman, you know, you don't start freshman very often. You mm-hmm. know, he was, at one point, he still was starting both sides of the ball, and we had some injuries and had kids banked up. So he got some valuable experience last year. He reads really well as a linebacker. He's a wrestler. He understands what leverage is. He understands the little man wins. And normally when he tackles, he's going to stick you, mm-hmm. you know, right at the thigh pad and, and get his hands around to you. I think it's a blast double. I know mm-hmm. wrestling guys will know what that is out there, but he'll pull those, 
those uh, those arms in, and then uh-huh. down they go. You know, he understands that, and he's good at that. And he reads real well, and he avoids blocks, and he's good. And I think another kid that's been playing really well is, is that Zach Harmon. Yes, kid. I mean, yeah. he had a phenomenal game. He's a sophomore too, and he, he tipped two passes tonight. Yeah. You know, yep. kind of constant pressure and everything. Not taking anything away from Owen. Yeah, uh, but, but Zach did a good job, and, uh, and like I said, those are that's good when you're when you're you know sophomores are mm-hmm. kind of leaders of the defense. Yeah, Zach was our play, defensive player of the game last week, so we were trying to spread the wealth around a little bit this week. Uh, now we look ahead to next week, Coach, taking on Sullivan. Big win against Arcola for Sullivan tonight. Uh, that was part of the reason why I asked you about the passing attack because we know they're going to come out and want to pass the football is Sullivan. What are you thinking heading into this week against Sullivan? I think that they're a very, very, very good team. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a chance to watch a little film on them, and they – are good up front. They have skill kids everywhere. The quarterback is about 6'2", 210, and, you know, he can throw the ball great, but what's his – I mean, his biggest threat may be the fact that he can run the ball. Yeah. He's got a kid that's a fullback right by him that's a, I mean, a track kid that's fast, and they've got three or four receivers that are good, and their line is big, and they are physical, and it's going to be a challenge. I mean, I kind of mm-hmm. felt like going into the season, you know, they play in that CIC. It's kind of a little bit of a different brand of football, and mm-hmm. uh, talking to some coaches there in the CIC, they said they're, they're up and coming, so right. – so be, beware, and you can kind of see by, you know, the scores these last couple of weeks. I mean, they mm-hmm. kind of put it dark hole and, and beat Villa Grove, who I thought would be, you know, at the top of the right. conference, right. too, and, and handle them. So we're going to have our hands full. And that's why I told the kids, get home, I'll have film ready for you, and they need to start watching. We need to prepare for that game because that's, I mean, they're they're good. They're mm-hmm. very, very good, and that will be, be a, a major challenge for us next week, especially if we play the way we did tonight and turn the football over. All right, Coach. Well, we'll talk to you next Friday night uh, back at Cumberland to take on that Sullivan team. All right. Thank you, Eric. No problem. And Coach Watkins joining us here post-game, as he does every game. We greatly appreciate it. And that will wrap things up here from Sangamon Valley. And Pioneers get the win, 41-14 to for Will back at the studio. For Coach Watkins joining us here on the post-game show, this is Eric Price saying we'll talk to you next Friday night when Cumberland takes on Sullivan. Have a great and a safe rest of your holiday weekend. At Country Financial, we're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through town. We're part of your community and help support the programs that make our neighborhoods thrive. We take the time to get to know our clients. We know that every situation is unique and our goal is to understand yours so we can help you be confident about your financial security and your future.